into the mortal realms and Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Realm Gate this episode are... I'm Aaron, and I've always said you can lead a demon steed to battle, but you can't make him not eat everybody. <laughs> always said that. <laughs> I'm Paul, and uh, I don't know about you, but reading this book made me a lot of hungry. There's a lot of pie going on with all these circles. I don't get oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm Davey, and I do not need listeners. If I were so weak that I always required their ears, I would not be worthy of them. <laughs> <laughs> In this episode, we are discussing Scourge of Fate by Robbie McNiven. Did you think the Vanguard, Archeon's elite shock troops, just sprung from the ground fully formed? Born with a demon blade in their hand? No! It takes time. It takes effort. It honestly takes a lot of killing. And in this book, we see just what it takes to reach that unholy order, and you thought your corporate ladder was cutthroat. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? Pretty good. Doing all right. All right. I like that. I like making other people read my stuff. <laughs> Look at the funny thing I wrote. Yeah. Read it. Now laugh at it. Now I'm laugh on at Jeremy? It. <laughs> That's actually a good point. I'm going to throw that away for, for next time. Uh, I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, enjoying myself. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, David, you just came from some, somewhere interesting. What were you just up to? Yeah, we were uh, kicking off the first night of our uh, Warhammer Underworlds League here in town. Um Vint, who runs our local Warhammer store here, he... Fan of the show. Yeah. Apparently, this is the first podcast he ever listened to. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, well, I'm awesome. surprised he kept listening to podcasts. <laughs> well, not just our podcast. He didn't actually say that. He didn't <laughs> say that he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> might have said it was the first and last. I'm not sure. Uh, no. But uh, he reached out to us. He said he was interested in running a league, so we got it set up, and it was cool. Um, we're hoping to build up a little bit more of a player base and uh, get some get some uh, more momentum going on that front. Yeah. Uh, so, right on. and it was cool to be. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in the Warhammer store, and it's just fun to be surrounded by all those cool kits. Sure, you're like yeah, in, cool. immersed in it. Um, yeah. I was able to stop by as well. Yeah. Uh, Davey beat me up on the Shadespire table, uh, and I left uh, dejected while while it was raining on me. Yeah. So that's, that was been my day. That's exactly how I envisioned it. It made my day better. <laughs> it's a Hollywood film where you're just walking between street lights and this. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. One is the loneliest number. Anyways, uh, that is. As a quick aside, I feel like that is the worst song in the history of pop songs. Okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. So isn't it like Malog's theme song, though? Uh, I mean, it could be. That's fine. Sure. But, I mean, the guy literally rhymes one with one. What? Anyway, I have a whole thing on this. Uh, but. Paul. How uh, about rhyming Kodak with Kodak? <laughs> Paul, what you been up to? Uh, I did Adepticon between the last time we recorded and now, I believe. Did that is that? Yeah, I guess probably. Mon Dieu. Yeah. Time, so, time flies, yeah. my friends. Time it, flies. It does. So that was amazing. Awesome. All that kind of stuff. So Cool. Right on, right on. Um, I've been taking a little bit of a hobby break. Just kind of... You've earned it, man. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Right on. Just enjoying. Uh, and I already covered me. I got beat by Davey and Shades by today. That's, that's about <laughs> it. Uh, talk to you again uh, next month. You <laughs> can <laughs> beat me up again. <laughs> true, true. Maybe we just dive right into it then. It's, I'm down. Without, without Eric, I feel like... We're adrift, uh, so let's talk about the story and it and have it anchor us in this in this time of need. Very well. The story phase. In the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments of the Nine Realms. Though Vanek the Black Pilgrim's blade drips with the blood of conquered empires, he has yet to prove himself worthy of ascension into the fifth circle of the Varengard. 
At last, he faces his final innocuous quest, to hunt down and slay a legendary hero of order that prophecies foretell will liberate the mortal realms from the stranglehold of chaos. Yet when a betrayal strikes the very heart of the Varenspire, the great fortress of the other Chosen himself, it soon becomes clear to Vanek that Sigmar's Chosen is not the only threat to Archaon's reign that he must defeat. For Vanek, there will be only victory or oblivion, for he is a Varengard, and no enemy of the Three-Eyed King will escape his blade, lest the Varenspire fall. You know, let me say, I read that along with you, and you do a very good job, because there's countless times where, like, my, my cadence is off, or I skip, like, a comma, and I'm like, wait, this sentence doesn't read right. And then, Paul, you, you do it without without fail, with, well, with a plum, even. So well, thank you, you. Good job. Uh, how about we start? I've been doing a lot of us. Uh, how about we start in our spoiler-free section? What do you guys think about that? Sure. Sure, awesome. We can talk about the facts, and just let you know the details uh, for folks who haven't read the book, and they may want to know more. Like we do it literally every time. <laughs> uh, let's start with the when. Uh, when does the story take place? What, what are we dealing with? Um, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, this is going to take place after the, the Realm Gate Wars mm-hmm. because Archaon has, spoilers for the Realm Gate Wars, Archaon has uh, the all points. So he set up shop there. The Varenspire exists there. And we can talk about the, the where more. But um, So we know it's sort of after that. Yeah, well, he's he's been in the all points. Has he always been there? He's been in there since the Age of Chaos. Mm. That was like from the Sundering of the okay. Pantheon. Gotcha. Uh, but we know Realmgate Wars have occurred because we got cities out, you know, when sure. we have that are that are being shepherded and advised by Stormcast Eternals. Gotcha. And they they appear to be like not a oh wow this thing's so new and oh, cool. Where did come from? Like they they're well established in the mm-hmm. uh, in the being of the realms at this point. Yeah, well, true. and they also seem to be very entrenched in the war that they are fighting as well. Mm-hmm. They're not just everywhere. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Um, so, because we have these sort of cities, I think this is yet another of the books that I'm sensing a trend of the novels that we tend to read is that this is along those same lines of uh, the cities have been formed um, and, and established. Uh, and so it's maybe a contemporary of the Callus and Toll books that we read or some of the other Josh Reynolds books like The Eight Lamentations. So I think they're, they're around that same timeline. Do we think that um, this is before or after Soul Wars or like the Necroquake? So here's, uh, I feel like it's never mentioned. So it feels like it must be before. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd think it would come up somehow, right? I don't remember it being mentioned. So you think, it would, yeah, it would, yeah. It would get brought um, up. I know that there's a Lord Ordinator bopping around in here sure but, uh, but did they not show up until the necro queen i think they might have been in before I, I know we first saw them at that point but i don't know if they're retconned to have already existed well like, but, because they were in malign portents right exactly yeah. because they were in malign portents and malign portents was a lead up to the soul wars mm-hmm. uh, we don't i don't think we have a good direct statement that this has happened after the Necroquake. Sure. And it's def- definitely possible that it could have been before the Necroquake. Yeah. B- especially because um, we do have a Lord Ordinator, and he is not a part of a chamber. He is here by himself. Yeah. So I think that's a, a great place to position the time. Yeah. All right, cool. So, I mean, it could, I think we're maybe saying that we, it could be before, it could be a bit after, but it, uh, generally around that, that yeah. time frame. It, it doesn't explicitly say one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, we alluded to some of the wares. Let's talk, talk about the wear. Uh, f- for much of the book, or at least from my vantage point, the most interesting parts of the book, we're spending time in the uh, all points, um, in and around uh, the Varen Spire, which I think is particularly cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually what, what one of the par- components or parts I was um, looking forward to most 
uh, about this book is that we were going to get to spend some time there, and uh, I don't think it I, I don't think it, it lets us down. Or that is to say, it delivers um, and and, and uh, sort of illustrating the uh, the space, the setting um, in in that area. I mean, what do you guys think about the? We don't get into too much in the spoilers, but what do you think about the the Varen or the all points of the Varen Spire? Uh, I thought uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was some good pieces of a surprisingly pretty unexplored part of like you were saying um i th- think uh we've seen we specifically had a character visit it back in call of archaeon yeah uh but that was like it w- i don't know if it was very fully realized yet at sure. that point mm-hmm. um so this is this is a more uh, fully realized imagining of that and i think i saw a quote where robbie mcniven was saying he felt like it was his mission to I, i'm gonna mess up the quote because i don't remember but it's something like how, how do you you know how does a bakery how do you get bread when yeah. you're in the varian spire you know like how how do you live day to day if you're if you're not where, like, where are the farmers yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh right where are the farmers in the varian spire you know there you have you have these big chaos lords that probably get by just on you know sustaining themselves off of being angry but you know, further down the line, you have all their retainers who got to eat something. Sure. They got to get by, you know. Eat each other, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. Here and there. I think. their bones to make their bread. Also, without uh, doing any spoilers, um, the All Points is not a specific place, right? Like, we're talking about the Varen Spire, but the Varen Spire is not the All Points. The Varen Spire is within the All Points, mm-hmm. and the All Points is its own place. There is a lot of world building that goes around. So it's not like, oh, it's just a bunch of realm gates to a city. There is a whole realm around it, basically. Like, it, it's much more than a pinpoint. Yeah, agreed. And actually, that was sort of, that was surprising to me. Right? That is to say, I didn't really know that, or I hadn't given it much thought. And so when they spend time sort of out in the all points, um, it, I... I I didn't even know what to expect, and I mm-hmm. guess that was maybe the point because we haven't had much exposure to it. But um, it, it is a varied uh, sort of landscape, as we'll probably mm-hmm. get into a little bit, a little bit later. Um, additionally, we do spend a little bit of time in Shayish for a hot second, and in Chaman, but those are more story-based uh, plot points. Um, and as I wrote, and I'm proud of this joke, is that as long as we're not in Gur, I'm, I'm pretty happy because <laughs> I've had my fill. So <laughs> Um, You're getting all grr about grr. Getting awfully grr about it. Getting um, hot and grr. Grr. <laughs> uh, it's getting hot and grr. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the where. Maybe we start talking about the who. Um, the, the band from the 70s? Yeah, absolutely. Or the guess who. Did which, they make a better one-hit wonder than one is the loneliest number? The who are not a one-hit wonder. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Kindly leave. All right. So for the most part, um, this book is following a, a singular individual. For the most part, um, and that is uh, Vanek, the back, the Black Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not necessarily a specific title to him because there's actually more. There's plenty of Black Pilgrims, but he has a whole bevy of of titles, and he'll he'll be happy to share them with you uh, in the the pre chapters of this book. But he is a like I said, a black pilgrim. I guess you'd call him a, a chaos lord, a chaos champion currently, mm, yeah. but he's on his way. He's uh, aspiring to be a Varengard. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it's not as easy as I personally thought. Uh, <laughs> I, I looked into it. It's it's not a it's not a breeze. Um, the application process was just like terrible. A lot of paperwork. Yeah, and they want some transcripts that I don't have available anymore. Right. So extensive yeah. references. Who's going <laughs> Who in the right mind? Yeah, I've already killed everybody that could give me a good reference. Where do you expect me to get this <laughs> reference true. from? 
Um, so uh, what do we know about him going going into it? So um, I think for you you to even be considered uh, for you know membership of the, the Vanguard is you already have to have quite a bit of like conquering under your belt at mm-hmm. this point. You've had to do some some impressive deeds uh, to even you know submit your application. Um, he has uh, sort of a war band around him, and he you know he's made his chaos connections, and so he can call banners here and, here and there. Yeah, I don't know how to get out of this metaphor. Um, that sounds like a great board game, Chaos Connections. Chaos Connections. It um, sounds like a switchboard game where you're trying to connect this person to that person. And sure, you- I'd play that game. Um, I'll make that game. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's it is a somebody who's already a powerful figure, right? Where, as opposed to some of the other books that we've read, where the character starts out as a more plebeian, more individual person, mm-hmm. right? Good word. Um, they he is already this conquering warlord who is feared across all these different places. Even before he became who he is now, there's a backstory to him. I'm afraid of him. Yeah. Um, and when you get somebody like Hamilcar, right, which is what the one we did before, he shows up and becomes somebody because he has this history, and he has been um, he has been reforged. Uh, but it, it, I got a little bit of sense of reforging is the wrong word, but like he has become more than who he was before. He has not been slain, right? Like cause that doesn't happen with chaos. But he is more than just somebody who is mortal. Um, and he has a lot more presence and a lot more power sure. than a normal person would have. I love, oh God, I hope this doesn't give too much away, but like with his power and his like accomplishments, like he's actually pretty decked out as well, just yeah. from, in terms of like his gear. That's not a spoiler, that's fair to say, um, because you don't reach this level without being, you know, you know without acquiring sort of treasure and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so like he's got his, he's got his magic armor and his, you know, his, his thrice plus shield or, or what have you um and so i that's pretty cool going into it too to see yeah. like someone already uh suited up um especially someone who isn't a, a storm cast i guess sure. right that's mm-hmm. you yeah. see a lot of that from the storm cast side but to yeah. see someone else with their own um uh it's, it's magical worth equipment is cool mentioning if you want a little bit of background on this guy about how he gets some of his cool kit uh in the gods and mortals sure. compilation mm-hmm. uh which the black pilgrim back, i think it's what yeah. it's called um, um so he features in that and get some acquisitions in that. I had, I'll leave it there. Uh, I had to fin- I finished the book we're actually talking about today, so I had no time to read the, the short story, but oh, I really had every intention of getting to it to read mm. it. I'll have to do it. I got it. This evening, this <laughs> yep. Start nice. dropping some, you know how I love continuity, so please <laughs> stop dropping some, some I mean, continuity. Without getting into a spoiler, if you just look at the war scrolls of the figures, right? If you look at the war scroll of a Kyrgyz warrior, he's got this equipment. If you look at the war scroll of a Chaos Knight, he's got this equipment. If you look at the war scroll for a Varen Guard, right? So if you imagine somebody who has progressed from a Chaos Warrior up through the ranks to a Chaos Knight up through the ranks to a Varen Guard, th- one of the things that uh, I liked about this book is that he does use the war scroll entries and his description of who these characters are. Oh, okay. uh, So that is something that you can, without even reading the book, without even giving anyways, any, away any spoilers, right? Just look at the progression of the war scrolls and you can get an understanding of how much this person had to progress in order to get to this point. Sure. And I guess if we're sort of skirting spoilers we're not spoiling anything, if you want to talk about the equipment, like what else does he have, I guess, quote unquote, in his possession, mm-hmm. but rather a sweet mount. Um, mm-hmm. he, although he's not a Varengard yet, uh, he does come, you know, preloaded with uh, a sweet demonic mount, uh, likes to eat stuff, hence my earlier reference in the intro. Um, so, <laughs> again, he, he 
when we talk about this guy's powerful coming into it, he is. He, he's got all the tricks of the trade. Um, tools of the trade? Tricks of the trade? Either way. Um, and so, Tools and tricks of the trade. Yeah, so he, he, yeah you're darn right. Uh, he hits the ground running, I would say, when, when this story is, is started. Well, he's not running. His mount is running. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I think it's neat to have an already sort of powerful character going into it. Um, there's a few other hit characters later on but we'll talk to them when we get to the when we get to the actual plot and story yeah unsurprisingly i guess like when we because usually we do these this who is like here's people you should know about but aren't not spoilers this is really for a lot of book it's just this guy right yeah, like yeah. Uh, everyone else is kind of you know circling around him some some are his superiors some are not but um you know, a lot of times we do this and we're like, here's four or five people we're going to tell you about. And sure. it's really just kind of the one. Yeah. Well, and because of that, you sort of reference the, or yeah, reference the idea that like each of these characters, we are exposed to them as they, how, how as to how they relate to Vanek, the, mm-hmm. the black pilgrim. So like everything, everyone you interact with, you're for the most part, you're getting through the lens of how they affect his life, whether mm-hmm. they're his underlings or his superiors or somebody he needs to stab with a sword, um, which ooh, sometimes it's all the above. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. All right. Um, so that's the who. You got any other W words we want to cover? Any other what's or th- things that haven't been touched? Because we can just jump right into it. If you, or we'll do a review, a quick review, but then we'll jump into it. Uh, no, I think that's I think it's a good uh, setup for our non-spoiler. Sure. So. Just just the facts. All right. So um, originally, this part when I talk about like recommending this book, the initial question was like who would this book be good for and i feel like we got away from it a little bit but i'm not reminded that i think that's a good question um mm. a so far for those folks that do plan on reading it do we recommend it and if so who do we recommend it for i definitely recommend it yeah yeah i and i think the obvious is for anyone who's running chaos and even more specifically like the slaves to darkness ever chosen mm. sort of thing that's specifically like you'll have some more background if you want to if you want to be able to uh, build out some ideas or there's hooks in there for here's how here's how my army might have its background put together uh, but I think from a broader perspective this is a book like we talked about earlier where it it shows some aspects you know we've seen a lot of Gur, we've seen a lot of Giran um, we've actually seen a f- fair amount of some parts of Azir mm-hmm. um, uh, so we know a lot of we really don't know a lot about the eight points mm-hmm. um, we don't know a lot about the Varen Spire so from from an idea of understanding more about the the mortal realms as a whole, I think it's valuable for that. Yeah. Building out that because that's that. I mean, the 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 <laughs> eight points itself, i.e., formerly the all points, that's a really pivotal uh, component of the mortal realms. Sure. Like that, it it is the the intersection of all eight. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and given that we spend a lot of time from the perspective of like order characters, and not to say that we ourselves are like always rooting for the order characters like if you're going to understand your enemy it's probably worth knowing like where they come from and like how, how mm-hmm. they live and so not that i mean they're my enemy because i'll probably never ca- play chaos but for someone like david yeah. maybe um it, it's worth knowing you know from once they come to get it to get a better sense of um their context their story their history etc cetera, etc cetera. um from my vantage point i do recommend it but maybe it's a narrow narrower recommendation than some of the other books that we read recently um the learning aspect of, about the all points is definitely something I, I value highly. So that is pretty great. But I think I'll probably agree with you that if I'm going to recommend it to anyone, I'll probably recommend it to folks playing chaos, folks interested in, you know, buying RK on the model. Although spoiler alert, he's, he's not really in the book. Um, but 
furthermore, I'd probably recommend it to anybody who wants to, who thinks they're going to probably deep dive into war cry, which is maybe sort of the impetus of reading mm-hmm. this book in the first place is to think of like how it might interact with war cry. That's a good um, connection. Yeah. Uh, I think the time that we spend in the all points or eight points, um, I think lends itself to give you a better idea of, of, of the space and then exactly, or sort of highlights the types of war bands or peoples that we're going to sort of experience, um, whether it's, you know, in all points or in war cry specifically, when they showed some of the bands that we've seen so far, it's sort of weird. They look so different than any of the other chaos forces that we've seen so far. And so it was sort of hard to like place them in the organization that is chaos, you know, mm-hmm. writ large. Um, but after reading this book, I feel like I do have a better idea in that there are many and varied cultures that do live in the, all points mm-hmm. and these war cry war bands um, are you know just some examples mm-hmm. um, and so it, it sort of highlights or at least points out the fact that there is some variety living there it's not just the four gods but th- there's quite a oh, bit yeah. of uh, expansion mm-hmm. beyond just that well, and that helps me understand war cry I think personally definitely and we've talked about it from the other perspective where like we've kind of enjoyed uh, the idea of these different free peoples having all these different backgrounds where they come from mm-hmm. I haven't really thought about it on the flip side yeah um so, uh, I don't think we'll cover it. I did, I did read War Queen. That was another one kind of in this example where, where it talked about some, it, that was, rather than seeing more of a variety, it was here's one specific chaos culture. Sure. Maybe one that bumps up against another. You know, I agree. Uh, but, um, to, I guess to my earlier, earlier point, it was just to say that maybe for those folks who aren't necessarily interested in chaos and mm-hmm. aren't super, you know, stoked to be learning about that aspect of the game, like for whatever reason, then, I mean, maybe you could leave this one on the shelf um i i enjoyed it and there were some fun little tidbits but like mm-hmm. if, if chaos doesn't uh doesn't attract you to it then i mean you, you probably aren't missing too much by not reading this one well and the other thing i think is important to note mention is that like this is not necessarily a heroic book right the hero is and paul hates that a varengard <laughs> i didn't say i didn't hate it but the hero is a varengard uh so you're not gonna have this like shining beacon of justice and etc like th- that that's not what this book is about he ain't no hallowed knight right <laughs> yeah. like it, it is exactly the opposite of of what the stormcast books have been written to be hmm. if so if you're tired of reading about the stormcast books and you're like i want a perspective that is not a stormcast like a palace this, cleanser. Is, this is a perfect book to read to be like but what about everybody else like this is a great book to read to be like nope nope we're going to talk about somebody else here sure Palate cleanser, but like gross though. It's like cleanses your palate like grossly. <laughs> I was trying to think of a food, but I didn't want to like turn anybody particular. Like, oh, I love liver and onions or something. So I don't want to. There's an example of something yeah. gross. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that too. Uh, cool. So I, I, I think we're generally we're still recommending it though. Like I think we mm-hmm. oh, each, yeah, each individually sure. liked it, um, but maybe for to different varying degrees. All right, cool. How about we how about we get into our spoiler section? Do it. Hey everybody, it's Aaron, uh, apparently the most unreliable member of the Mortal Realms, bringing you this episode a couple days late, though I bet you never even realize that these normally come out on the first Friday of the month. But let's move past that. Let's forget all about it, and instead, let's talk about you, dear listener. You, the listener who's been captivated by our enthralling words, driven to an unyielding desire to read this book. My friends, I was once like you. I too felt that need, but unlike you, I didn't have the mortal realm serving up sweet knowledge and delivering the method to purchase said book. But that was then, and this is now. The links are in the show notes. Go get it. 
uh, or you, the listener who has already read this book, bloated with arcane knowledge of its contents, but with no outlet, no receptacle for this treasured gift. What can you do with it before you're crushed under its very weight? Well, I've got the answer to that, too. Get this. Go review the book. Uh, on Amazon or Goodreads, wherever. Shout it from a mountaintop. I don't care. Repeat it three times into a mirror. Wait. Well, no. Okay. Time out. Uh, those last two don't actually do anything. I, I did get carried away. I'm sorry. But do spread the word and do review it because that helps the authors write more books like these. And I personally want that. Uh, last thing, um, have I ever talked to you folks about the AOS lore subreddit? We, uh, made one a while back because I saw that 40k had one and I got real jealous, but then I realized I don't really know anything about cultivating or optimizing a subreddit. It's embarrassing. Um, so consider this a twofold request. If you're already spending time on Reddit and let's be honest, if you work in an office, of course you are, uh, you, and you want yet another place to chat AOS lore and background, and maybe even a little narrative, maybe go check it out. It's r-aos lore. And if you've got the know-how and the elbow grease to pretty up a subreddit with art and flares and other cool stuff, let me know at Dos Asos and I'll uh, pick your brain or honestly just set you loose on it. I mean, just let you go wild, whatever you want. All right, I think that'll do it for today. Uh, sorry again for being late and let's get back at it. The spoiler phase. In the spoiler phase, we spoil the book that we've been talking about. Completely spoil it. Totally spoil like, it. All right. Past its expiration date. Oh. It's, it smells terrible. Oh, man. I'm going to have to go back and include the spoiler conversation. Anyways, uh, uh, let's start at the beginning <laughs> because, as you listeners know, it's a very good place to start. Um, this book starts uh, before it starts. Actually, it's got like a pre-chapter um, where Vanek tells you all about how cool he is and all the different names that he has. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about how this is a guy who, this is a character who arrives to the book with all these assets. And this, and so this kind of just gives you like, hey, I'm going to catch you up a little bit, give you a little bit of the background. Sure. Um, he spent some time talking about how he has different names in different uh, realms and I love that as like a trope either in mm, these books yeah. or like in I don't know it's in other art forms movies and books and stuff like that well here I'm known as so and so and here I'm known as so and so like that's cool like he's he's also well traveled he doesn't just kick butt in the all points uh, but rather he goes all around and finds all sorts of exotic butts to kick yeah. um, he's been exposed to many cultures he's yeah. a well rounded personality and many butts well rounded butts yeah. <laughs> so uh, he he uh, is an impressive man, uh, to, to say the least. Um, I think he's he's accomplished quite a bit, um, which makes sense again considering how much stuff he's sort of how much uh, assets, as Davy puts it, has accumulated and the and the followers that he, he sort of has behind him, um, and that I guess maybe leads us into the actual start of the book and when it comes to like you know plot and events and we find him uh, in Shyish, which I think I mentioned earlier. Oh, Shyish. Yeah, he's. Uh, He's after something. He's on a, I guess, maybe you'd call it a quest, so to speak. I mean, he's a, he's a knight in, in some circles, I suppose. Um, and he, he's been sent on this. many circles, yeah. Yet. Sure, well, that's true. Uh, oh, God, when we get there, I'm going to tell you what my other pun from the intro is going to be. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but that is a salient point. Um, he is not a Varen guard at the beginning of the book. Correct. Uh, he is a Chaos Knight, Warlord, um, whatever, sure. uh, that we've kind of talked about in the spoiler-free zone. He is more than the sum of his War Scroll. 
Sure, that's true. Well put. Um, yeah, and so he, he's on the hunt. So like they don't explicitly, they don't explicitly say what he's after, but he's he's climbing this mountain in Shyish. Um, he's hearing voices, which I, is probably not uncommon actually in Shyish. Um, and he, he reaches the the peak or the top, um, and he enters this crypt, this tomb, this barrow. I don't, I'm running out of words for it. I think barrow is a good good choice. Okay, cool. Um, and he rolls up, and and he's about to open up a sarcophagus or something to find the his goal his his whatever he's after um and he's beset by skeletons there's like a skeleton lord skeleton king he has some skeleton followers and the skeleton is wielding a magical blade which we find out was actually what uh vanek was after all along surprise 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 um and so there's a fight uh there's they arresting control of this this blade this back and forth um and eventually uh, Vanek gets the upper hand on the skeleton dude because he's just a skeleton. I shouldn't just say that. He's actually a pretty powerful skeleton. And he's pretty, probably a white or... Yeah, white exactly. King. Yeah, and that he's he's pretty deft with this blade. <laughs> deaf and deft. And deft. That's probably... That's true. Um, and... But eventually Van, Vanek sort of gets the best of him and he's able to gra- get this blade from him. But uh, as we find out and presumably what Vanek knew all along, this is not just any ordinary blade that uh, he would have to go, come and get from this undead dude. Um, but rather, it is a demon blade. Surprise, surprise. What? what? Yeah. Uh, specifically, this one is Nikali, and it's a... Nikali. It is a uh, slanish demon trapped in this blade. Sure. It takes the form of like a golden serpent or something, yeah. which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, there's a neat... Uh, whereas he... Because you know, they always talk about these blades being sentient and trying to gain control. And so we get... Uh, here right away but in a number of spots in the book where he's struggling back and forth this where they're where they're two different entities um you know sometimes with their goals are aligned and sometimes they're not he's got a so he gets this thing that's very powerful but it could sabotage him at any time seems very chaos right <laughs> exactly well, well and it's funny some of the voices he was hearing before i think were actually the the, the sword sort of speaking to him because um the sword as much as Vanek wants to get the sword, the sword also wants to be gotten, which is to say um, he has no, he being the sword, has no control over like an undead, you know, uh, a, a creature of death. Mm-hmm, um, but yeah. rather he wants someone, you know, with some flesh and blood on him to like take control over. Right. Um, and so like the, the sword has, is as invested in getting claimed as, you know, as, as Vanek is, which in is cool. claiming him, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the sword's name is Nakali. I'm a little bit wondering if that's supposed to be a throwback to Inkari. Which was the Slanish greater demon uh, that was involved in the old world? Hmm. Um, that's just kind of a, a thought that I had. Okay. Um, the other really important thing to note is that he is a Chaos Lord, but he is not a Chaos Lord of Corn. He is not a Chaos Lord of Slanesh. He is a Chaos Lord of everything, right? Um, and this is a very, very important part of his character is that he is not devoted to any of the four Chaos Gods holy but he is devoted to all four of them together but this kind of tension between revering the gods but fearing giving him itself into them and there is also this idea that um if he gave himself fully to one of the chaos gods he would be weaker for it Mm. so the fact that he's picking up a demon blade and it is a slanesh demon um actually provides a really interesting um dynamic for his character because he's constantly being fought from this demon of one god to overcome his i don't know 
uh, lack of allegiance, as sure. it were. Yeah, it's sort of a microcosm, like this, him sort of trying to uh, wrest control over this slenish demon for his whole sort of outlook on all gods, which is to say that he doesn't let any of them control him. When mm. He still, like you said, he doesn't worship none of them, he worships all of them, and so he doesn't let any, you know, one uh, sort of have any more power over him than, than, than the others, which is, you're right, it is interesting. So, um, he immediately takes control of this demon sword, and it's totally his for the rest of the time, right? Wrong! The, the sword fights him forever, basically. Um, so, he's, <laughs> he's able to grab the sword, however, uh, uh, the, the dead don't give up easily, and he realizes the better part of valor is to get out of there um and so he books it with his sword in tow um and he meets back up with his forces which are sort of occupying a town like i don't know down below the mountain or something like that uh he he rolls up he says get out of here let's go and i I don't it's not from like a coward perspective which for a split second there while reading it i was sort of surprised that he was so quick to turn tail and get out of there but it's more of a i don't have time for this it's Mm. not worth the effort to to sort of you know fight these un uh, unlimited uh death creatures plus there's no glory in it like i don't particularly care to to fight you know yeah dead folks this pops up a few times where he's this is not like uh you know a bloodthirsty corn warband like he they value craftiness and mm-hmm. slyness, not just, you know, outright savagery, you know, fight to the last, you know, any, any backward step is, is, uh, you know, is, is terrible and bad. Like you, sometimes it is, it really is the better part of valor. Like I've got big things to achieve, uh, and I'm not going to achieve them doing this thing right here. Sure. So, yeah. Well, it's very much the component that like, you know, a, a zinch follower would have no problem like running away to go do something else. Right. So it, 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 sometimes you get wrapped up in the idea of chaos is, could be very corn-like, but there, you know, there's a lot of aspect to chaos that um, Vanek is probably going to start to em- embody. Um, and there, there are two points there. Uh, number one is that he is claiming this demon sword, but this was a mission that was given to him. True. And there is someone else who is also claiming a demon sword. Sure. Uh, this is a contest, and so it's also a race, uh, which is all highlighted. The reason, all the more yeah. reason to get out of there, right? It's because, yeah. like you said, you've got, yeah. got things to do, places to be. And I think um, the warband that he meets up with is his, his eight guard, right? Yeah, correct. So his eight knights that are his personal guard that are helping him, uh, devoted to him on this journey to get back to the very inspire. Sure. His chosen named men. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they rest control of this demon blade and they basically just hightail it out of there. Sure. They, they hoof it to the nearest realm, realm gate. gate. Yeah. Fortunately, there is a nearby realm gate that they do control. They being, I guess the forces of chaos as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily Vanek and his group specifically, um, because as they make their way to the, the realm gate to get out of Shyish, um, we find out that it's actually controlled by a group of, uh, I guess, you, Nurgle followers, Nurgle, Nurgle champions, what have you. Um, it's a whole fort that's been built up around this um, this realm gate that leads mm-hmm. from Shyish into the, the All Gates. And so um, I feel like we've spent so much time lately in the books talking about realm gates that are controlled by... Um, controlled by order that like we forget that there are probably plenty if not more realm gates controlled by chaos and so it it was or destruction order and or destruction right or Or death yeah Yeah. it it when we were talking about oh man that's too bad nurgle controls that thing not not thinking that yeah i'm sure nurgle controls plenty of realm gates out there all sorts of places especially the ones into the into the all gates right yeah um and so they roll up uh with haste to this fortress of this fort that's built around this realm gate called the fester keep the fester keep yes uh the gate to me was kind of cool uh remind me about it i forget what it was uh so 
uh, it is basically this gaping maw. It is an actual entity mm. uh, that is the gate itself. So you drip through and there's saliva and there's teeth and all kinds of stuff in the actual gate itself. That sounds uh, awful. So it is a living gate. Uh, it reminded me very much of this old uh, Chaos Dwarf miniature they made where it was a cannon, but it was actually a demon. They fed it and there was a big mouth and it would shoot out. So it was it was just, it was a cool Gross. image. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in order to get into the Fester Keep, you had to go through this demon. And there was this whole force of Blight Kings that were controlling it. Um, but this was his safe haven, right? Like, Quote unquote. Like, I mean, maybe yeah. to some degree, but like they are not met with, you know, open arms and, yep. you know, back pats and high fives and stuff. But um, as they roll up to this this keep, they're, they're sort of under a watchful eye. And eventually he actually, he being Vanek, comes face to face with the, I don't know, the, the, the lord of this area, the Castellan of, of this fortress, uh, a Nurgle... Blight Lord. Blight Lord. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the term was. Yeah, Blight Lord's probably right. And they do not seem to meet eye to eye. Nope. And in fact, I think the Blight Lord tries to enact a toll on Vanek, which is to say, hey, I hear you got a sweet sword, and I would like that. Yeah. Um, give it over. Um, and Vanek does bring, here's some payment, kicks it open, he's like, this is just trinkets. Yeah, I and don't need that nonsense. Actually, this, this is a headache, because now these I'm going to have a bunch of dead at my gates. Vanek's like, well, then give it back to him if you don't want it. Like, <laughs> sure. whatever, I don't care. Not my problem. Help a dude out, man. Yeah. Let me out. Yeah. Um, and what is, honestly, how does he end up convincing him? I, I'm blanking. Like, does he just flex his muscles at him and say, hey, man, let me through? No, he says, uh, do you know who I work for? Oh, sure. Right, like he pulls yeah. the, it, that's not what he does, but like he pulls the basically like, do you do you know who I work for? Sure. Like, he's like, do you, do you know that my patron is, uh, is it Curex? Carrick's Demon Flare. Carrick's Demon Flare. Flare. It's like, do, do you really want Carrick's Demon Flare to, to come tell you uh, how this was not what you were supposed to be doing? And he's like, oh. Uh, Yeesh. Uh, no. And if, he, if he has a collar, he starts tugging on it. It's yeah. like, ugh, awkward. So Carrick's Demon Flare is an actual Varengard, yeah, right? correct. And she is his patron. And that's where we get this idea of the Black Pilgrim. So... Carrix is a member of the Varengard. She is basically mentoring um, mentoring the Black Pilgrim. Also berating. But yeah. also berating, yeah. Frequently. Uh, and sponsoring him, as it were, on this journey to become a member of the Varengard. Sure. And this supposedly is the last task that he has to become a member of the Fifth Circle. Yeah. Correct, correct. Um, and so he uses that. He starts name dropping, and that, I think, to some degree, is what lets him through the portal. I think this is interesting, um, sort of the juxtaposition, or mm, the confrontation between um, sort of an unaligned chaos uh, creature or, uh, you know, force versus a, a force wholly sort of aligned with Nurgle, and that there is. Not to say that there wouldn't be some, you know, tension, uh, some tension between all, you know, every force of chaos. But like, I, I definitely got a sense that like this Nurgle group was like, hey, you're you're not us. You're not you're not one of us. Um, even if you maybe you know one fourth of you worships Nurgle, you're not you know dedicated to the same degree that we are. Um, this is me filling you know reading between the lines. But I thought that was interesting to sort of see um, that they don't necessarily consider themselves you know wholly on the same side all the time. Yeah, which is. Too bad, right? They should get they should they should get together. <laughs> um, but uh, they do make it through their their way through the realm gate. It seems like it's a very like arduous, like torturous process. Like literally going through the gate itself is not a pleasant experience. Um, uh-huh. But eventually they 
pop out on the other side <laughs> yeah. and end up. Well, and so, I mean, they're, they're feeling <coughs> terrible. Uh, we haven't mentioned yet uh, that uh, Vanek has a retainer. How could I forget? Yeah. This, uh, Modred, he is, like, the first describes me, like, yeah, he's just kind of, all he's got is, like, a black leather doublet and a little skull cap. He's got this little nag horse that he's got. And uh, I, he even mentions in Chapter 2, he's like, yeah, dude's <laughs> probably not going to live having been this close <laughs> to all these rob ringers. And he's not, like, my bad, but he's like, nah, okay. So be it. And, and, he knew uh, what he was getting into. <laughs> and so he, he keeps, just, but he keeps trucking along next to these guys. Is he yeah. young? Like, is, I, for, yeah, I, forget. Describes, I think he first describes him as he's a young man. So. Yeah. And, and the, uh, this is the thing, like, in Sesame Street, Big Bird is the character that, like, allows you to live through him. That's what kids are supposed to relate to, to allow them to enjoy Sesame Street. Okay. What? So Mordred is, like, the normal is. human in this book that is, like, your character to oh, view the lens I of, like, the terribleness saying. of what's going on. Maybe. I, I don't think he pops up. I mean, I, he, he's there, but he's not. He's often pretty far in the background. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. like, exactly. Where a normal person should be. Like, sure. what what is going on to these crazy people? I mean, I mean, is, is it spoilers if I tell you what doesn't happen in that, like, some very some a large part of me definitely expected him him to be somehow the bad guy at the end of this book. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, gonna turn, he's gonna turn around. I, it felt so set up like there, and I will. Man, we're really jumping ahead, but Robbie McNiven he mentioned I was reading an interview and he said that there was some twist that uh, editors made him take out, and I was like, it's gotta have been that <laughs> Modred is actually a Lord of Change just chilling next to him or something, you know? Like, yeah. Oh jeez, um, uh, Modred's my dude. Um, We'll, so we'll talk more about them later. But they make it through the Rom Gate, and they're immediately in Variant Spire, right? Not true. They're in the All Gates, um, and they have like a long journey ahead of them. Just because, so th- this gate. Well, yeah, the, the, the long journey. He doesn't know how long. True, right? Yeah. So they they pop out, and um, they can see the Variant Spire off in the distance. Um, all right, so cool. That's where I need to go, and so they start hoofing in that direction. However, this this all gates, this all all points, um, is is a land land of magic and a land of chaos, which is to say that like nothing is as it seems, and there's no really hard and fast rules in terms of like the physics or like the logistics of the place. Um, Logistophysics. Logistophysics. Uh, TM TM TM. Uh, and so that sort of journey. Uh, has no set time timeline. Uh, it could take days. It could take weeks. It could take months. It could take forever. You could literally never make it um, if you yeah. if you were found wanting or unworthy. Yeah. Um, however, he's not really necessarily worried about that. He's been there before. He just knows that he'll get there when he can get there. Yeah. Um, and they just head off and, and, and march in that direction. And he turns out he's right. Like after a couple of days, um, they're able to reach sort of the outskirts of the Varen Spire, which is to say they don't get right up to the gates, but there's a sort of sprawling. Um, civilization of of, yeah. of camps and shanty and, towns yeah exactly yeah. it's it's the it's the the suburbs of the varian spire well but you yeah. don't want to live there yes for sure and for any suburbs i guess for a place that they don't know how long it's going to take to get there there are very specific like landmarks or um ways of life that were presented as i have made it to this far so i know i am like you know this far away right so it starts out with this like nothingness and then um, he starts to see some people, right? And then he comes upon his own war band. Um, so he's he has left them in the chaos wastes, as it were, uh, approaching the Varen Spire. And he shows up and is like, all right, I got it. Now I got to go talk to some people, right? And then he advances onwards and they start to have some more civilization, but it's more like common people. And then 
it gets into more of like uh, chaos dwarves are mentioned, etc. Like mm-hmm. it gets into a lot more of like civilization before you even get into the Varen Spire itself. Sure. And before we get too far, when he meets, you mentioned meeting up with his warband. Like, what are some of the folks that we meet there? Like, what, wh- who does he have under his umbrella? Uh, Ella, Ella, Ella. Sure, true. true. Uh, dark Earth War Queen. Who baby? It's raining. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a Dark Earth War Queen, and, and so this is his. No, literal sister, or yeah, does he just call so. her sister? I, I. Took, I took it maybe incorrectly, but I took it to mean that it was his literal biological okay, sister. Right on. He, he earlier in the book he talks a little bit about his history, like like his childhood, and mm. I I would have thought that maybe he would have mentioned the sister at that point, which is why I thought Fair. maybe it wasn't his sister. But yeah. I think she's referenced as sister enough that maybe it probably is her sister. Point being is uh, he has a dark oath war queen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say uh, under him, or you know, working alongside him, or I guess probably under him. She probably yeah. does, she does what he says. Um, but and with her is her whole dark oath war band or whatever the term is yeah. for a bunch of dark oath people um so so she is i think one of many of the leaders that are sort of under his yeah. in, in his org structure um he has a whole a retinue of leaders that uh lead their own diverse uh war bands which i yeah. thought was pretty cool and we talk about either here or eventually later the different types there's a lot there's some some like fast cav people yeah, yeah. um broader horsemen broader horsemen and actually the other one i want to talk about doesn't come up until later so i won't bring it up but um so it's it's neat to sort of see even with under his own control is a quite a bit of diverse um cast of types of chaos uh, forces yeah so the dark oath seem to be unaligned for the most part yep, yep. Uh, from the description the marauder horsemen also seem to be unaligned they're referred to as i think the hung or something like that uh, which is a bit of a throwback to the old world uh, there was the hung tribe of marauder horsemen and the mm-hmm. chaos waste in the old world um, so that's kind of a cool touchstone um, but there's also a nurgle warband uh, there is a um there is a Zinch element too, isn't there? Under his command? Under him? I thought yeah, so. I didn't think I don't so, but remember. maybe. But okay. Mm. But it's not just all unaligned. He has other warbands from other chaos gods that are bound to him. And there's also this character, Ulek, that they are, I, I bring up later on. Sure, so. yeah, we'll t- yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, but he. he he rolls up. He says, hey, "I'm back. I'm alive." Everybody's like, "All right, cool, man. Glad you made it. Um, keep going. Keep going. You got. You got. You have to go. You know. Yeah. You have a mission. You have a, a quest. Uh, a, a race that you're under. And so he continues on, and he and he makes his way further and further and closer to the Varenspire. Well, and there's this uh, this Mugoth. Is that her name? Uh, Mother Yagoth. Mother Yagoth. Sure. Who's just like the most nitpicky jerky person uh she is very much a prophetess mm-hmm. um she is has the eye of the dark god i think is what they refer to it as mm-hmm. um he refers to it several different times in several different places um and so she is able to prophesy okay and she has prophesied that he was going to fail mm-hmm. so she is this antagonist set up within his own force um, who just never believes in him, doesn't think that he's ever going to fail, and there's this tension... Doesn't think he's ever going to succeed? Succeed, yeah, sorry. Correct. Uh, so there's this tension between the warbands because the Dark Oath Queen is like, no, 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 everything's going to be fine. But then Mother Yugoth goes on and is like, oh, he's already dead. He's already failed. We don't need to listen to this. So the several of the war bands already are like, well, we should be probably be leaving pretty soon considering that he's already dead, right? He is the crux that is keeping this war band together. But even so, there are elements that don't agree with him or 
want to leave if possible. Um, so that was an interesting new, I don't know if I would call it hero or character um, that seemed to be described in this book. That was super interesting to me. Oh, there you are. Yeah. And the thing is, she's not, she's not necessarily wrong with some of hers. Like she's yeah. like here. Whose side are you on? Well, she's saying that, uh, well, the black hand has already entered the Varen Spire. Which like, is her, his rival. Right. Score and black hand is who he's racing against. It's like, Hey, you're too late. He's already in there. This, this sword means nothing. You've already lost. He, she's not wrong in that he's already that uh, the rivals already entered the Varen Spire, but what what it actually means is still up for debate. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it's weird. By no means do we always need a model based off a character in a book, but like this seems like a unique enough pre- presentation or like sort of a niche or niche uh, type of thing that we don't have represented in a model. And yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get a Dark Oath range, but I wonder if this is the sort of thing that you would ever see like. In, in their range this this sort of profit test like chaos based yeah. like profit yeah. um, seems like it'd be ripe for well, making a little person out of uh, when John Blanche did his Stormcast he did a drawing of a good witch oh no and this seems like an evil witch cool. right? like the, the Dark Oath uh, so yeah cool so there's it definitely seems like there's some ideas floating around about that Neat. so uh, let, let's get to the Varen Spire that's my favorite part of the whole book mm-hmm. um so he, really he, well yeah i think so um so cool. he basically ends up having to like muscle his way through as he gets closer and closer to the varen spire the crowds are thicker and thicker and uh-huh. they literally have to uh i'm gonna say force their way through and that people know that they need to get out of his way otherwise otherwise they're gonna get run down well and one of the reasons that people know to get out of his way is because of his banner sure yeah right black, he's, black silk yep he's got a black silk banner um which denotes to people who are in the know that he is a black pilgrim. Mm-hmm. He is one of these who is seeking to become a Varengard and that enables him to tell people to get out of the way and recognize that, oh no, we need to get out of this guy's way. Sure, sure. Also, uh, the fact that he has a snapping, snarling uh, demonic steed who like would... Zatso. Chom- Zatso. That's such yeah. a great name. Who would chomp your head off if you didn't get it out of the way. Also, also probably contributes to people uh, scurrying in a, in, a, in a hurry. You're, pr- you're probably right. Though I don't know. I'm not, uh-huh. I wasn't there. It's hard to say. Um, so he... they they I wouldn't say effortlessly, but do have to make their way to the walls of the Varen Spire. There's big big gates, as you might expect, because it's a fortress, right? This is the seat of Archaean's power. Yeah. It's literally stretching from horizon to horizon. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so enraptured with it that he he's like just staring at it. Modred has to be like, uh, like, hey, sir, hey, sir, what's up? Come and on, he man. he comes to and realizes like he's he's gotten a nosebleed just from like looking at it. Sure. Like, oh man. Okay, I I do want to I yeah. don't want I don't want to glance over this even in my rush to get in there. But like the fact that the Varen Spire is also ever changing, like yeah. it's, yep. it's not a static sort of structure. Like I mean, the ever chosen, well, but it's ever changing. Ever changing. Um, in that like this is a realm of. I'm not going to say in a, a formal realm of chaos, but very much uh, is like the realm of chaos in that it's it's chaotic and it's um, uh, fluid and, you know, it, it, it's whatever the opposite of static is, uh, which is... In flux. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's very neat to see, sort of see and just sort of get their reactions to it and that they, they, they both recognize the weirdness of it, but still... Uh-huh. Um, sort of respect respect it and give it yeah. like it's due um it do it's, it's due respect well it seems very much like a tamed silver tower right like stuff is changing but he knows where the path is 
because he's been there before, right? He doesn't know how long it's going to take him to get there. Again, there's this element of like, well, I need to, I know where I need to turn. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there, but like, I need to go this way, down this path, sure. down this road. Four um, blocks, and yeah. then take a left, and then knock on this brick. It's very uh, Harry Potter, like Hogwarts-esque, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like, well, yeah. well you got to treat it as the, the sort of beast that it is. Well, and on the outside, to my understanding, is the eighth circle. Of Varengard, mm-hmm. so like there are circles, concentric circles that are constricting, and Archaon himself is at the center. Sure. So the gate is on the outside, and then you have to enter through the eighth circle, the seventh circle, the sixth circle, to the fifth circle, which is where he is. His goal is correct. Yep. So uh, we talked about Carrick's Car- demon, demon slayer, demon slayer. Um, so she is a Varengard, I think Paul even already said this, of the fifth circle, which is sort of his destination. So he makes his way through these circles, navigating the 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 paths and streets of the Varenspire. And it's worth noting that although this is a, or not although, but this is a fortress, right? And it requires the sorts of things that fortresses need and that there's a forge and there's, the forge is what sticks out to me. Was there like a marketplace or what else was? Like- well, there's uh, one cool thing about that. There's this big like forge wagon oh. and up in that is a dozen Duarden of the Legion of Asgore. Sure, yeah. Yep. yeah. Might be the first time they've, it's one of the few times, if not the first, that they've uh, hit the yeah. the AOS background. We talk about recommending the book for different people. If you play Chaos Dwarves, I recommend this book because this is literally the only time Chaos Dwarves have ever been <laughs> referenced in a black library. Uh, they used a, a word here I had to look up was subtler. Somebody follows an army around uh, and yeah, sells... Yeah, I did not look that up, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody follows an army around and sells them the goods and supplies that they oh, need. Neat. So those cool. those guys are, are floating around here. Sure. So it's... I guess the, the, <coughs> I bring that up because the Varen Spire isn't just, you know, chaos people, like, yeah. constantly battling in gladiator pits, but rather it, it is a living, breathing place where people need to, you know, live. And I, we talked yeah. about, like, yeah. um, earlier the... What it takes to... What did we talk about? Or was that off the air? What it... Like... Oh yeah, like farmers and stuff. Um, what it takes to sort of keep a city like this, um, yeah, running, supplied. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and in Warcry, we've already seen revealed that one of the models is a Chaos Warden. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we might see some more elaboration of that, but like, it is nice to have that seed planted in this novel, uh, where we're talking specifically about the all points about the Varen Spire, about the cast waste. Also in Warcry, I think we saw that one of the little dudes is a is an ogre, and I think I think at this point we've also been introduced that this, one of the warbands under like Vanek's control also has an ogre like in mm-hmm. their employ, or you know, I don't know if they paid him or what have you. Yeah. Um, so so we have chaos ogres. Chaos ogres too, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so they finally make it to this fortress sure. of Lord Navaroth. Yeah who is the lord of the specific warband that Carrick's Daemon Slayer is pledged to. So is he the lord right. of the whole fifth circle? Like, he's he's all fifth I circle? I don't know. I think he might be, actually. I think he is. That yeah. was my take. Um, okay. It's furthermore, because I, I wrote it down, because I have a question maybe later on about that. Um, so, so, yeah, Lord Neveroth is the lord of the fifth circle, then, and... Marshal. I think Marshal of the fifth circle. Maybe that's, that's probably terrible. a more... Yeah, that's probably correct. Um, and he has to enter his fortress. Um, and so he knocks on the gate and there's a beast man. Oh yeah. This oh. guy was cool. And so, about that like, guy, yeah. This yeah. guy's super cool. Uh, he's basically like the butler. The slash yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you want to go ahead and describe him, Davey? Well, I mean, he's, they remark on it like, Oh, it's rare for one of the, these beast kin to, um, to occupy any role of any kind of meaning in this. But yeah, he it's i think he said it exactly as he's like 
the fifth circle of Varengard's butler. You know, he <laughs> comes in, he, he's, he's been around forever. He's really old, but he knows a lot about the comings and goings. And, and this is a case. Go he's ahead. real mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but it's a case where like, again, when we traditionally think about chaos, we think they're like, Oh, they're only respecting strength, but there's some respect for this guy based on, he knows so much and he's sure. been around for so long. And, you know, he's kind of earned his earned his keep, uh, and that's kind of cool to see. <laughs> yeah. Earned his keep. Yeah, I heard it. Um, well, and anyone who can grow old in this environment has like, got to be, like, <laughs> yeah. a, a position of, you know, wisdom or, you know, survivability at the yeah. very least. Um, um, so, he basically makes his way to the throne room. Sure. Well, even before that, I think he does meet up with uh, Carrick's Carrick. demon flare. I think she punches him in the face, uh, <laughs> uh, knocks him down, and says, you idiot, like, come on, man, hurry up. Look, we got things to do. Uh, and then they, they, he rushes into the throne room where he finds Skor... What's his name? Skor... Skorn Blackhand. Skorn Blackhand already presenting his weapon to Lord Nevroth. And it's yeah. the classic, uh, no one says, speak now or forever hold your peace, but he rushes in like he is speaking now and forever holding his peace. But no one's getting married. And, and he yells, hey, stop. I got my blade, man. Stop. Um, well, the other thing is that... And then the, a record scratches. Yeah. I suppose you're wondering how I got here. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing to me is that it's not just a fortress where it's like, all right, here's Lord Neveroth, here's his very guard, here's these two guys. There's this whole court mm-hmm. of like chaos personalities <laughs> that seem to be gathering and observing and choosing what's going on almost. You know, right? they never really talk about like who, I mean, I assume some of them are Varengar, but like who were all those people? They don't even talk about, but, like, which is to me is cool. Like this, like, you know, like this cult of chaos personality. Yeah, it's just a living, breathing place. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think if you have like a name in, in this court, you are probably one of the Varengar. That was oh, the impression I got. Okay, gotcha. Um, okay. But, uh, um, it is one interesting thing what we're talking about is this guy's uh, the fifth marshal's throne room. Yeah, mm. uh, is his throne. That's what I was oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's made of sigmarite. So <laughs> cool trick. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I don't I don't know if they say it or I just thought it, but like that's not easy to get. Like no. if you yeah. kill somebody, like that, that that stuff like rockets off into space. Um, so it takes some doing to like get a throne's worth of sigmarite to yeah plop yourself down. It talks it all like smashed together from you know pieces uh, like greaves and breastplates and pauldrons and stuff all all mushed together into yeah. the throne like, all right that's all i right. mean and that's super cool, cool thing. Yeah. This, this book is peppered with like really like cool like real snippets of you know cool thoughts um so i'm glad he was able to pile a lot of those in here but yeah indeed scorin is already there kneeling says he's too late nikali his his own demon sword is laughing at him like yeah. oh you got, you got yeah um give then, me to somebody cooler than you yeah exactly yeah uh and so what we find out for sure is that these two, Scorin and Vanek, were both given the same quest to go retrieve a demon's, uh, demon sword and make it back to the throne room. Mm-hmm. And the understanding was the first person that pledged themselves to Lord Nevroth will become a Varengard and the other would be destroyed. Right? So this is the pivotal moment of his, his uh, journey where... Uh, Scorin has not yet given his oath. Right. And and Scorin, have we mentioned, also has has a sponsor. Yep. Right. Uh, and I remember thinking this is a little odd, but it's a little pyramid schemey. Like if you <laughs> if you bring someone else in, and they're kind of beholden to you, and like now your your power base is built up sure. a little more. Yeah, so, you're and, Conroy, and, right? 
Yeah, That's I tried looking that. I didn't. I couldn't find any. Uh, I couldn't find that term. I did a, a quick internet search wondering mm-hmm. if it was pulled in from somewhere else. I don't know if he's made it. it sounds sure. like a Polish word to me, but I don't honestly know. Well, and and furthermore, like the more glory that like your underlings have, yeah. like that's glory for you too. Right, right, right so, totally. Yeah, you get some street cred, which is a very like courtly notion True. of uh, of honor, well, right? In a in a way, they're knights, right? So. Well, exactly, and so it it is presenting this idea that even though they are these like unaligned chaos horrors that go out and destroy everything, there is still this sense of honor. There is still this sense of belonging. Um, and so when they talk to Lord Neveroth, he's like, all right, Vanek, you're dead. I'm going to accept this other guy. We're going to be all good, right? Not. Um, so what he basically says is, hey, look, since you didn't pledge yourself to me, and this is, before I get into it, this seems a little unlikely, but um, he says, all right, you didn't pledge it to me, so uh, I guess we got to come up with another way for you guys to like sort this out. Uh, how about you duel instead? An unsanguinary An duel. An unsanguinary duel. Super interesting, yeah. Which, I mean... Well, okay, let's let's talk about it. So, um, <clears throat> turns out that so Vanek survives. He he didn't lose, but rather it, they'll call it a tie, and they have to do a tiebreaker, which is this this duel. Um, they have to fight unarmored. Um, I think down to I don't know their their pants or something like that. Like, um, but not British pants, like real pants. I don't know what that means. Um, and the idea is that they have to uh, unarm the other person, and this is chaos. I don't mean take off their arms, but rather. Uh, <laughs> relieve them of their weapon without drawing a single drop of blood from their enemy. Yeah. Which is nuts, right? This is chaos. What are you guys talking about? Kill them to the death. They're going to die anyway. Yeah. The monsters just do it. Which is super courtly again, right? Like the Sorry sense for of honor. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is a, it really, he really is making a point of saying they are not court. Like, and I, I understand like actually from a lore background, why you would be like, no, 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 you can't cut each other. Right, because like blood calls corn, right? Like blood spilled calls corn, but you don't want to call corn, right? Like you don't want to change. Like there's that, and I think it's also just an, an aspect of just like martial prowess to see if yeah. hey, can I take your weapon out? Like it's literally like I mean they are the best of the best, right? Can I can I take you out without like drawing drawing blood yeah. from you? Like that's that's obviously the harder task, which I think we see sure play to, out. To Paul's point, I mean they they do some of these codes they have are specifically to uh, put the gods in their place. Mm-hmm, like that becomes yeah. this theme of like, hey, yeah, we're mortals. Yeah, we're on the side of chaos. We're, you know, you're tools for us. You sure. know, you you demons and gods are tools for us. I buy that. Slash, I, they they think of it more as a collaborative rather than a um, service. Sure, sort of they're on relation. closer footing than like maybe a a traditional follower of that god is. Right. Um, yeah. Um. So let's let's hop right to it. Um. So. I mean, because there's a waiting period and they have to prepare themselves to get get ready. And this is actually a little bit of a camera time for Modred, who, like, helps uh, Vanek get, get yeah. prepared and, you know, takes all his armor off because this is a um, an armorless duel. But they get brought up in front of... Uh, Lord back in the Neveroth. Throne, yep, in front of Lord Neveroth. And, and the, the duel commences, yeah, each one of them with their demon blades. So Vanek's got his Slanesh blade and then... Uh, Scorin actually was able to get his hands on a corn blade, and the the duel starts, and they're fighting, fighting, fighting. But it seems as if uh, whether Scorin has either forgotten the rules or is completely disregarding the rules of this duel, because he doesn't seem to care at all whether or not he's drawing blood from Vanek, and he's going full bore trying to basically kill him, yeah. um, despite the fact that he knows that if he does so, he himself is going to die too. Yeah. Because drawing blood from the, the other person is going to, you know, it's basically a death sentence for yourself. Well, and there's also another duel going on between the Kali and 
in this house because they're fighting over whether or not Nikali gets to draw blood. Sure. Because right? he's just like, no, no, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, nope, that's not that's not the rules of what's going on here. So there's two duels going on, really. I wonder if that's also a component of why the rules of the duel are there, is to prove your control over your sword, too. Because yeah. presumably any demon sword you've got is going to want to be drawn blood. And so yeah. you're not only fighting the person, but you're fighting your own weapon. Mm-hmm. I guess that never really occurred to me until right now. And there's some give and take, because Nikali gives uh, Vanek a tip on how to, like, hey, look, the, the backside of this guy's blade is serrated Spirit, or something yeah. like that. And... If you drag along there, you're going to be able to twist it out of his grasp. Sure. So he does, gets it, nails it, twists around for his, like, cool finishing pose. And then she's... And he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he feels the sword get tugged. He's like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. And uh, <laughs> as he gets done, like, he's he has this, you know, cry of denial. And there's one drop of blood on the on the edge of his sword. And then it absorbs into the sword. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's no, this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> Uh, but it turns out, so yeah, Savannah does draw blood, but it turns out uh, Scorin had drawn blood at the same time. Yeah. And we have yet again another tie, which, I mean, come on, Robbie. Robbie, <laughs> Robbie, what are you doing to me? So yeah, I mean, they're, they're faced with another tie, so they, uh, Lord Neveroth has to come up with yet another uh, tiebreaker to figure out how he can de- pick these two. Does he have not, like, nothing better to do? Like, does he not have countless, like, other uh, Varengard or Black Pilgrims that he has to be tending to? Why is he focusing on these two, like, all all the gosh darn day? I do get the idea that there is a limited number of Varengard in the Fifth Circle. Okay. And so this is, like... This is the changing of the guard. So, like, one of the Vanguard have been killed or have left or whatnot. There is a vacancy. Oh, I doubt you get to leave. So there is, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they, they beat you out of it, that's for sure. So there is a power vacuum, right? And, like, it has been stated that, like, it's Zubaz. Is that he's the other yeah, one? Yeah, So Zubaz and Carrix, right, are the ones that are kind of in this balance, but whoever gains the follower, right? So it's not as simple as you got to do this quest and whoever wins, wins, right? It is almost as well as Neveroth balancing how the other two Varengard are reacting to how their pilgrims I are guess. reacting. It just seems like Neveroth is just sitting in his throne coming up with new and creative ways to make these guys like compete against each other. I feel like he probably has more important jobs to be doing. <laughs> yeah, um, fair. Uh, but, but there's there's a lot of like outcry and this guy, like there's rules. There are rules, right? This isn't Nam. They got... <laughs> Uh, and so there's after this outcome, there's some discussion. Of what, is this a tie? I don't know. Like they both ended up drawing blood, but this one was disarmed. But it happened simultaneously, and so sure, yeah. yeah. So never off. I ba- he basically says, "All right, well, give me some time to think about this. I'm yeah. not going to d- judge right now." Um, besides, like there's a sweet tournament that's going on right now, and I'm going to go check it out. So uh, y'all should come with me. Scene change. Uh, we're heading on to a joust. Yeah. Uh, this is this is Aaron Again, moving super the court thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's very yeah it's very much a knightly court. Um, so I, whether some time pass a day or, or, or what have you, um, we fast forward to uh, the day of this this um, yeah. tournament that's taking place in yeah. the Varen Spire. And we have these two forces. One of them is Nurgle, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've we've seen Nurgle knights before, right? Uh, do tell what are they called? In Paul? fact, I think we've seen the Order of the Fly before. We have. Yeah. Well, it, it's the question I had, but then we also have these Zinch knights. So the Order of the Fly has been fully fleshed out, but then we have these Silver Knights, uh, which is this new uh, creation that I'm not aware of before, um, where they are basically these Chaos Knights of full-on Zinch with these beautiful silver plate, um, very flowery with feathers. Feathers, yeah. Et cetera. So um, 
So they are doing this joust between each of the circles of the Varengard to prove their worth to each of the marshals. Are they circles? Are well, they Varengard? That, that's no, they are not. They, they, they're they're uh, competing at each circle. Oh, I yep. see. So the yeah, Order of the yeah, Fly yeah. and the Silver Knights are competing at the 8th and the 7th and 6th. And yeah, the, that, okay, yeah. I remember that now. Um, yeah, and they've my... already been through four of them, so now it's the tipping point where the Silver Knights have to win. I see, I see. Um, back to my question about the Order of the Fly. Like, is that a, a universal, not fact, but staple of the Mortal Realms or of, of, it is of, of Age of Sigmar? Or... Because I thought it was maybe an invention of Josh Reynolds, but now we're sort of expanding beyond that. Well, I think it is an invention of Josh Reynolds. It's just other authors are picking it up. Awesome. Man, I'd love to... We don't really do interviews, but I'd love to talk through about that process. I mean, do they call him up on the phone and be like, hey, man, can I borrow the the board of the fly real quick? Um, (laughs) Did did Geimer ask, you know, Reynolds if he could use um, Ramis from the... Tarsus Bullhearts. Um, anyways, so that, that's interesting. I love stuff like that. You guys, I'm on record talking about like continuity and like mm-hmm. crossovers and stuff like that. So whenever that is used in these novels, like I get real giddy about it. I thought yeah. there was a uh, there's a brief moment we talked about the uh, Varengard saying, "Hey, we're not beholden to the chaos, the true gods, which is what they often call them." Sure. To kick these festivities off, they take like 120 slaves. And then kill them all, but they kill them with like a single blow from a hammer, just crushing their head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And specifically, like, hey, corn, no schools for you, my man. Yeah. <laughs> the double deuce is right at corn. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they're like, and you know, tomorrow it's gonna be Zinch, and next time it'll be Nurgle. Like yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna show them that, you know, hey, we're in control. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also power like, move, and it speaks to like the protections that being under Arcan like offers, right? Like, right. Uh, if you were out, you know, out on your lonesome, like, again, uh, offending those chaos guys, they'd probably have something to say about it. But, like, when you're under the, uh, you know, the, the wing of Arcan, like, you're you're allowed to, you know, yeah. be a little brazen in your displays. Today, the Varengard remind the Lord of Skulls of our independence, that we serve Arcan above all others and hold this fastness in his name first and foremost. Tomorrow will be the turn of another of the great powers to be reminded. Yeah. Yeah. That's real cool. That's yeah. a great idea. Uh, but then we've got the joust itself, right? The joust begins, and so a uh, silver knight and order of the fly. They they what's it called the the list the list yeah the list that, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, so they they come at each other with their lances. Um, I don't even know. Some one of them takes it in the chest. And they, they both take it in the chest. Oh, sure, and they both fall off their horses, and they have to draw their. Well, their but weapon. the Nurgleite is like, whatever. You stab me in the chest, or yeah. whatever. I'm a Nurgleite, and Do this guy's like, this is pretty bad. This is not a great situation for me. I think that was a direct quote from the book. <laughs> exactly. Um, they draw the draw their weapons. Uh, they they fight for a little bit, and I think eventually the Zinch person is able to like stab a sword through the Nurgle guy and kills him right th- right then there. Just kidding. The Nurgle does the class. The Nurgle night does the classic it's you would think it'd be overused by now but it's not where he gets stabbed in the chest and he actually pushes himself further down on whatever the weapon is yeah. and then proceeds to kill the 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 Zinchian knight yeah um while this is happening uh vanik is actually was actually called to like chat with lord neveroth whether it's now or, or soon thereafter mm-hmm. um to sort of talk about his future and what what the next steps in in, in guidance counselor be. yeah basically um turns out uh Lord Neveroth is also having a conversation with this, like, I don't know, this, this, what would you even call it? This hooded figure? I was going to say some sort of, like, nomad monk type 
type creature. Uh, but Vanek gets a weird, like, uneasy feeling around him. And, like, if he looks out of the corner of his eye, or to some degree, uh, he realizes that this, this other person isn't what he seems to be. Um, and it's soon revealed that it's actually a, a gaunt summoner, mm-hmm. which I forgot the gaunt summoners were even under, like, Archaon's control. Because <laughs> when we talk about Archaon not being beholden to gods, a very distinctly Zinchian thing is yeah. sort of a little bit out of place, but not yeah. when you know the story. Um, well, back in the Realmgate Wars, I know at least one of them tried to work against him, like oh. tried to, uh, and he rightfully you know, so right? pun- punished him. Uh, so they're they're in some weird thing, and he even talks about like, you know, uh, Vanek is trying to like, is that is that thing a demon? And they're like, actually, no, he's totally sure what they are. Sure, like, yeah. yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got the moral keyword, but that is as far from mortal as you can get. Like and still be mortal um and so this gaunt summoner basically reveals like hey look we've got this prophecy we know that there we know that there's this order uh champion out there we have some prophecies that he's going to end up being called up to be like a stormcast eternal we your new mission is going to be to like go find him and bring bring his head well and if he does become a stormcast eternal shows him another another prophecy and this other prophecy is the destruction of the Varen Spire. You're right. I guess I downplayed it a little bit. Right. Uh, like, Varen Spire like, destruction oh, crap. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty stark image. You know, it's like towers toppling and like this apocalyptic yeah. thing. Weirdly, it's, you know, you're used to seeing that like, oh no, it's the cities of order here. It's like, oh no, the Varen Spire. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I love that place. <laughs> um, and so while this, conversa- my stuff is. while this conversation's happening, I think there's all, there's still the fight going on. Yeah. Um, and so like, like I said, the, the Zinchian champion's been cut down. Uh-huh. Uh, but this, this, what we now know is a gaunt summoner pulls a couple sneaky tricks uh, where, where no one can notice, and he actually turns the Zinchian champion into a chaos spawn. Yeah. Um, while the, you know the while the the Nurgle knights like recovering. Um, I don't know if they fight or, or what happens like in the near future, but eventually the chaos spawn proceeds to then devour the Nurgle knight and swallows him whole. And you know to the the uproarious yeah. applause of the the Zinchian followers who are there. And yeah, it's, the crowd like there's there's a. Uh, Again, there's the uh, more, I don't know, inured members who are like uh, like debating the rules. Like, does that count as a win? Uh, is that a win? Like, arguing the points. and Carrick's Damon Slayer's got yeah. money on, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and meanwhile, like, the, the crowd of, like, the lessers, like, the, the kind of schlubs who are in the, the stand. In crowd they're, like, losing race. their minds. Like, they're just, you know, start... You know. Or actually, literally, and then their when they yeah. do a spot, it's like everybody starts going crazy. Well, no, because it's like, the, the cat oh, spawn crap. turns them crazy. Yeah. Like everyone goes nuts. Yeah. 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 And that's awesome. And what a delightful finish to the fight. What? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, the again, while this conversation, this conversation with Van, it's it's fun little juxtaposition between like the t- the conversation and like the fight. Um, uh, the uh, the chaos spawn ends up having a, a case of indigestion, um, and out from its I guess stomach gullet. The word yeah, yeah gullet uh, comes the sword of the uh, order of the fly knight yeah. who proceeds to cut his way out um, like some vile parody of childbirth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and lo and behold survived the whole ordeal and and basically kills the cast who proceeds to like shrivel up and disappear and, and die um, and so it was the Nurgle knight all along who proceeds who wins and I'm not messing with you audience the he actually won this one. Um, and Carrick's Demon Slayer won her bet, and the Gaunt Summoner's all bummed out that his little trick didn't work. Well, and there's a kind of like un- unfinished thread here where the Zinch 
had to finish this fight, had to win this fight. Otherwise, there was no possibility of them winning this challenge that they have. So oh, I'm poor wondering, Siege. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if another book or going nothing, on down the road. <laughs> Seems like there might be something happening. I don't, I don't know. Anything. Um, though, I do think that, I hope there'll be another book for like a couple of other reasons later on. Um, so, this was a fun backdrop to like uh, what ends up being a pretty serious conversation that like, hey, look, we're sending you basically on another race. Here's this target. You and Scorn are both due to go after him, claim his head so that he doesn't get, you know, sucked up and become a, a Stormcast and topple the Varen Spire yeah. and bring it back here. Whoever does that first ends up joining the Varen Guard. Um, and don't you dare come back, both of you holding like each of it, like an ear of this head, because I don't know what I'm going to do for another tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> so help me. Yeah. Uh, and send, sends him on his way. So this is a, a task that is maybe... Uh, maybe maybe require more force than what he's been up to lately. He just used his little eight guard, not little, but he used his eight guard to like get the sword. And obviously, he won't be won the dude before. So to be able to get to this um, castellan of this fortress out out in in Chaman is where they're heading. Um, he actually is going to ha- have to have quite a bit of muscle behind him. Uh, we're talking like you know an army, a a, a force um, to yeah. go after him. So what he needs to do is start calling his banners. So he heads back to his his forces that we sort of already met and he says hey look i've got you guys but i need you to call in all the favors that i have out there um and 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 again call the banners to people to my cause because we're going to march out and we're going to you know uh, go toe to toe with the the you know the army that this order general has under his command furthermore i'm going to need to like personally start um searching out you know some folks to uh, work for me as well in fact i've got a particular uh person in mind Ulek. Ulek, yep. So uh, he, he sends his sister and a few of his other, um, you know, under generals to go and, and gather their forces while he goes on a mission in the All Points to go get this corn bloodbound, um, I don't know what you'd call him, a Deathbringer, you know, some Deathbringer equivalent to also bring him under the fold. However, and this is, I don't know why, I don't really explain why this is, this Deathbringer is not, you know, out and about, but rather he, he's under lock and key at a at a Slaness fortress, and Vanek needs to either free him, or you know, or you know, bargain to get his release. Um, though, if he could get like jailed that easily, I don't know that you necessarily need him in <laughs> army, right? Well, Mama Yagoth was like, "Oh, it's totally fine. He's going to win this time, right?" Or she was like, "I don't understand this." She was like, "No, no, he already died. So like, there was already again problems starting with the warbands uh, before he came back because Mama Yagoth was like, "Oh yeah, he's dead." We're fine, right? We can all like disband and they're like, nope. Actually, I'm still alive. We're still good. I'm still. Right? Alive. I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Oh, I'm um, sorry, our, our yeah. British listeners, for that. Yeah, I'm not it's, dead I'm surprised yet. all the episodes that we've done. That is the first time I've done a British accent. What my attempt at a British accent? <laughs> uh, uh, again, so, I apologize. Uh, so Vanek takes his eighth guard and the Marauder Horsemen, mm. um, and they head off into the wastes to find this Slaneshi uh, fortress. Yeah. I think they even call it like a Slaneshi um, like Dreadhold. Or oh. they, I mean, it looks like a man's, sure. but like I think they use the word like Dreadhold maybe for be. it. Um, On his way out, he gets stopped by... Oh, yeah, around this time. Sir Kadok. Yeah. Of the Seventh Circle. Seventh Circle. Yeah, in Varengard. Yeah. sorry. Pace says, hey, you know, it's not, not very fair that you got to do yet another. Why don't you come over to the Seventh? I like your style. Yeah. Yeah. You're all right. Uh, and Vanek turns him down. Sure. Yeah. 
He says, no thank you, sir. Uh, but, sir, is it Cat? It can't be Cat, because that's the name of the the guy from the Cat at Kel. So, it's, it's Car... It's got... It the Caradoc? Same. Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, that might yeah, be right. Caradoc is Caradoc, there yeah, we go. My and he's like, all right, well, cool. I mean, he's he's not particularly nice about it, but he still lets him go, and they proceed to you know carry on with their their mission. Uh, that'll come up later. Uh, so they, like Paul said, they they march through the waste again. It's the classic. Uh, who knows how long it's taken? In fact, they even like reference that like even amongst the war band, none of them can really identify how long they've been walking. Like someone says, like ah, oh, it's fourteen days. I don't know, it's twelve days. And some person's like, honestly, I haven't been counting. I have no idea. Uh, They're like that one's the truth. Yeah, I like that dude. He's honest. Um, but they find their way to a forest. Like um, yeah, and not like a a chaos waste type forest like a well i'd full, call this a chaos t- waste type forest for sure well but like it's it's a full-on like or or arboreal environment okay, with yeah. like huge tall trees and leaves and like there's no dryads or anything like that but it it is a complete contrast to everything that they've been traveling through the waste so far which mm-hmm. is kind of this like I don't know, grasslands or flat rolling terrain. Yeah, deserts um, at some point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and now we have like just a full on forest. Yep, agreed. Um but this is not just a regular forest. There's a couple things wrong with it. First of all, it's got there's this weird weird mist that's like in there. Like yep. it's it, and it smells kinda like Slanesh smells like gross but not gross at the same that. time. Yeah. yeah. Um the the they feel like they're being watched, they feel like the 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 force itself is alive. These are all very classic fantasy tropes. Yeah. Um, what, what is not a classic fantasy trope is it turns out these trees are not trees, but rather they're made of flesh and arms and feet and, and like eyeballs. body parts and stuff like that. So that's that's a little new. Um, <laughs> I haven't come across that before. Uh, uh, so the limbs of the trees are actual, actual limbs. limbs. So there's all sorts of ways to phrase that. Yeah. So uh, of course you can't take a Slaneshi forest at face value. Well, fortunately there were no faces on it. I guess. <laughs> uh, so they're they're navigating this forest. Um, as you might, might expect, with you know it being a Slaneshi forest, there's all sorts of enticing things to sort of see out there. Yeah. They lose a couple of their scouts here, like the the marauder horsemen who are yep. supposed to be leading them through it. Um, it's starting to wear on their minds. There's the weird, like, perfume smells are, uh-huh. are um, dulling the mind. And eventually, um, they're, they're sort of out of it, but they're uh, caught up with or, or visited by a... What, what is the... F- Saneshi champion? What is the dude who rides the weird worm thing? Like, what is that? Is a that seeker. Uh, are you talking about what is the war scroll? Yeah, what's the what's that model? Because I, I feel chaos like, lord on yeah. demonic. So that's kind of the, the gist yeah. of what of what this mm. thing that like the, the, at least the look and feel of what sure. visited yeah. them. He says, "Hey, man, like I'll lead you to the mansion of my my lord here." Uh-huh. Um, and so they do so. I, eventually, the force attacks. When does that happen? Well, the force attacks when they realize that this is not the reality, oh, yeah. and they Before start. That, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it very much had the same feeling to me. I don't know if this is just me being crazy, but like um, when they are in the Hobbit and they go through the forest oh, and the I elf the lights. Oh, forest in the Hobbit. Yeah, that's true. No, there's no flesh forest, but like instead of sure? being distracted by an elf king, they're distracted by a Slaneshi lord. Okay. But had that same feeling of like everything was kind of coming alive and people being led off into the side and never to return. Um, then they end up in this like, you know, uh, fastness within. Sure. And you're right, The Hobbit would have been better if the force was made of flesh. That's a good point, too. I don't know if it might have been rated X or R. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but this this Chaos Lord uh, leads him to this mansion. Um, there's, like, giant... It's a it's a 
giant mansion that's in the middle middle of the woods. Um, it's also f- you know sort of flanked by all these giant fleshy like trees. Um, and they head on inside and they they crack open those doors and uh, what do they find? But the word orgy isn't used to describe what this is. <laughs> in fact, it seems like it's a dance party, which I'm into. But um, <laughs> but it seems like it's just two beats away from you know. Yeah, I think orgiastic George. would be probably a really good way of describing what's. That, well, because it's a great word, that is a great way of describing uh, what's going on. Um, I mean, like there's there's not enough clothing for the number of people that are here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Everybody's sweaty. Yeah, imagine a dance club at. 2.30 in the morning, so it's after bar time and nobody wants to go home yet. But. So apparently I'm not into it, I guess. <laughs> but, um, and so they have to, like, physically push their way through uh, this this big, you know, get-together. Um, like, it, there's music being played by these entranced, like, it's the classic, in my mind, um, like, the orchestra that's playing, but, they're, like, they're, they're playing so that their f- fingers are bleeding, yeah. um, and they're, you know, their senses have been dulled, and they're just playing the same song over and over and over again. Um, but they make their way upstairs to me, to parlay with this this lord. Um, the lord of this this manse is a new for me, a, an elf follower of Sl- yeah, Slanesh, yeah, yeah. which I'm, I'm sure that probably happened quite a bit in like the old world. But I think this is the first time I've seen it in uh, the the moral realms. Um, he's behind a bunch of silk silks uh, being attended to by a bunch of demonettes, um, and they have a, a nice little chat. He's very charismatic. And he knows he was coming. Did he want the sword? Is that what it was? No, no. He said, he, he said, you have something I want. And he's like, oh, you want these 17 things? And he's like, I don't you know how I knew that you wanted these things? Oh, true. Yeah. Right? It's true. So, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it boils down to uh, a, tra- a trap is about to be sprung. It it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, Scorin had gotten here first, which what I don't know that I believe that, but okay. Um <laughs> And uh, he had he had warned Sai Vanek who was coming, and he made an agreement with him to say, "Hey, look, like waylay this guy." I think did he want him dead? I, he presumably did. Um, and uh, you'll get. I think he wanted his awesome. sword captured in, yep. in exchange for seizing. I would be allowed to reclaim Nakali for yeah, the Raptors. There you go, right? Pleasure. So he's yep. got his, his Laneshi sword, and, he, and he, the deal is he'll get the sword. Um, and so the the eight eight guard is set upon by all these Slaneshi followers. There's, I mean, the whole place is chock full of de- demonettes, and uh, Sai himself is already quite a, a formidable fighter. And so it seems like... Uh, it's all going down yeah, in that situation. That, and on top of that, that sword he has right after the trap is sprung, the sword says, Die, Vanek. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. man. God but <laughs> um, Come on, man. We were cool, I thought. <laughs> Apparently not. So uh, a, a fight begins. Um that eight guard is on 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 the back foot on the ropes they're losing people left and right and who should come to save the day because of course we're only halfway through the book at this point someone has to save the day uh but <laughs> thundering through the the manse is um the sir, se- Caradoc. sir, Caradoc sir Caradoc. from the seventh circle um him and him and his varangard forces and they make quick work of the Slaneshi forces in this oh, yeah. region um basically i mean just annihilate him right right then right then and there which pretty impressive. I think it speaks to the, and this is probably intentional from the author's point of view, but like impressive how quickly and how easily they handle the Slanesh forces who were very clearly overwhelming the, the eight guard. Right. So yeah, I mean, it, this is a way to highlight the difference in like martial prowess between these two groups. Yeah. Um, and all, then, yeah, 
Also, at the end of the fight, the seventh circle started eating. Yeah, like, <laughs> Karadak literally bites Sai's face off. Which, I think, this is the first point that we realize that You guys want to know what my other joke was going to be? Why was the fifth circle afraid of the seventh circle? Because yeah, seven, seven ate eight, everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super great. Uh, the other interesting thing is that the reason that Sai wants the demon sword is that not so that he can necessarily use it, but that you can release the demon from inside the sword. I think uh, that was mentioned in the... Sounds like a motivational poster. Paul, yeah. Paul, you just got to release the demon inside Just release the, the demon inside the sword and you'll be fine. It'll be great. And and everything will be awesome. It's a cat hanging on a wire. Also in the aftermath, turns out that uh, Sir Caradoc offering uh, Vanek a place in the seventh circle was uh, was actually a test. Sure, yeah. They set up like, hey... Are you gonna are you gonna bail when the going gets rough here? Mm. Oh, and and he, and he basically says like if you would have accepted, I would have killed you right then and there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oof. <Whew>. Man, it's <laughs> uh, glad I kept my finger in the page of that. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dodge that bullet, or yeah. rather, do- dodge that face getting eaten. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but so because of all of this, the whole reason they even went there is they were, now are free to release Ulek. Who is a, uh, I, I think a or of some Exalted Deathbringer. Yeah. Exalted I mean, Deathbringer. He's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got his own corn forces uh, in control as well. So he's able to free Ulick, who is this very well-known, um, capable fighter. Um, and he's able to bring his forces uh, under, uh, again, the banner of, of Vanek. So now that job is complete, I think they are now ready to go back, meet up with their forces, and then march to the next realm gate, which is going to lead to... Chaman, who's then going to lead to um, capturing this this order cham- champion. I feel like I haven't said his name yet. Albarral. Albarral. Nailed it. Got it in one. Albarral. Got it in one. Um, he, they're all that now. They're free to go after Albarral, who who lives in Chaman. Let's talk about Chaman. Sure. I guess before we got to get there, they have to make their way to the Rome Gate, right? So yeah. they, they mm-hmm. march their way across uh, the wastes of the the all points, the all gates, yeah. and they reach this and it had a cool name, and I already forget the what third it was. three eyes. The three is it, that's what it's called. The three eyes. Third eye. Third, the third eye. eye. Gotcha. Because um, Arkan's the three, three eye king. king. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Eye of Shirian. Yeah. Now, I wonder, was it called the third eye before Arkan took over, or did he rename it or remake probably. it? Probably. renamed yeah. after that. Right. Would be my guess. Well, they, so. they looked, he said they looked like eyes, and one of them was specifically bigger. Mm. Interesting. Maybe Arkan has a artist, artistic bone in his body. Um, anyways, uh, so they, they pop on through, and they head on to the other side, and they, they make it to Chaman, uh, full of Chaman? Uh, metal cliffs and, and mercury rivers and yeah. blades of glass or grass that are made of, you know, sword tips. No, wrong, incorrect. It's actually just pretty, like, chill, like, rolling yeah. hills of, like... <laughs> A regular place. We feel um, it's like the U.S. Yeah, right? it's literally, like, it's like the U.S. It's like uh, the amber waves of grain. Yeah, um, purple mountains, majesty. So uh, you, I mean, I, uh, I hundred percent get like it's weird that this is such a normal place for being in the realm of metal. I'm wondering. I know that the realms are supposed to get weirder as you get further toward the edge. So I maybe you can presume that this is very, very much towards the center. I, w- I would yeah. assume that that is the yeah. case. Um, Though, if that were the case, then you would think that it would be more... 
not that it's not heavily populated because as we find out there's plenty of villages dotting around you think it'd be more heavily like defended yeah um right there'd be more of a concerted like effort in this area but it seemed like it like kind of paul's point it's very much like the midwest and that sort of a scattering um of you know you know sort of i don't want to say isolated but you know isolated. yeah you know hamlets of villages yeah they're not it's not necessarily distinctly interconnected but like there are these you know villages um Uh sort of separate from each other with this major fortress Mm -hmm. um city sort of off in the distance in in the foothills of this of this mountain um i mean like in a very real sense it very much felt like they were missionary foundations like each of them had a lightning priest. Each of them had the people. They were all given to to farm the specific area. They're all under the governance of Albemarle, mm-hmm. right? Like there was this whole system of how they were being spread out and how this was feeding into the larger. Okay, I buy that. Uh, what I don't buy the fact is that like there is this active realm gate into the heart of the all points that like no one seemed to like acknowledge or like defend or you know build a wall around or anything. Like that's literally the gate. Like, to well, the front door of your, your enemy. And they're like, yeah, we'll just let it ride. In fact, we'll just leave a bunch of farmers around it. Well, they did state that it was inactive. So, when Vanek got to the third eye, Ain't he had no to make thing. a sacrifice to activate the realm gate itself. Oh, true. You're not wrong. Because everybody was like, oh, you're not even going to be able to activate it. And he's like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. And then they get there and Caradoc's like, yeah, peace out. Uh, this is as far as I go. See ya. Otherwise, I'm going to be tempting the Three-Eyed King. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's rules, man. Like, I don't make them. I got to follow them. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, they're basically set loose on this unassuming farm uh, society. And they go from village to village, burning that nonsense down. Burning the peoples. Yeah, burning all the people in their thatched roof, thatched roof cottages. No, literally, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I it down. They're doing the thing where they let some escape to, like, spread word of how awful this is. And this is this ends up being a specific strategy, right? Because they're this, this city that has this Castellan in it that they need to get Albemarle, like the goal. It It's too well defended there. So there's some, you know, the, the bloodbound are like, let's just do it, let's go. And, uh, and he's like, no, like I have a specific mission. I can't, if we kill ourselves on the walls of the city, it's not going to do anything. So I'm going to try and lure him out. Sure. He's behind a wall. How do I get him out from that wall? Right. Um, so you're right. They do let some people live and let them free. Also, they proceed. Some people they stake up, uh, up and down the roads, and uh, and basically the equivalent of crucify them. Um, yeah. which is pretty messed up. And so, so I mean, it's like a month. Yeah, of we, like a month long campaign of destroying every civilization, every piece of civilization. Yeah, we we spend some time watching this guy uh, burn down uh, villages. He goes after the the lightning priests, you know, the the followers of Sigmar, um, yeah. just because he has a particular. Uh, distaste you know he, he calls yeah. them they're he's fo- they're followers of the false god right so yeah. because of that he, he i think he particularly likes to go after them and, and make sure that you know they're they're brought low yeah. um well and albemarle is not ignorant of what's going on true but he's like but you know he's like i know they're coming for me mm. Right, like that is their mission. Well, it's so, more like someone tells them that they're coming. So yeah. he doesn't seem to seem to realize that. Um, so what I think earlier I talked about that we do get a hint, a couple of instances of other points of view, and oftentimes it's this uh, Marius, which is a Lord Ordinator, who has been, I guess, tasked with I don't know defending, but like he, he an he, advisor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He yeah. he's he's um spending time in this um what's the what's the mountain city called? The the mountain. 
Mountain City. Mount, Mountainton. Mountainton. It's like Helm, Helm Guard or something like that. V- Mountainville? Sure. Uh, all this conversation, I'm going to splice in me saying the right name of what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Davey's on the hunt. It's, it's in my I'm notes. on the hunt. Um, anyways, the point being is, is he's spending time there. He's got all his classic tools of the trade. In this case, it is tools of the trade. Uh, where, yep. you know, it's different spy glasses and things. And he's, he's referencing the heavens. And so he comes to the conclusion that, yeah, A, the forces of chaos are here. And B, they are after... Um, Alber, I can't say it. Albermarle. Albermarle. Yeah, exactly what Paul said. Um, <laughs> and so he uh, provides um, advice to the Castellan yep. of, of this fortress. But then also there's a, a, like a, a, a council there council, yeah, yeah. that is also made up of humans and, and Dwarden yep. um, who also have, also have differing opinions on what they be, should be doing. Um, folks are, you know, advocating that like we got to go march out, we got to meet them. Um, other folks are saying no, we got to stay here and like we we got to just sort of bring in refugees, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So it's a lot of bickering. Though I would say maybe respectful bickering, differing of opinions on how to best tackle this chaos threat. And while they're arguing and trying to determine what to do about it, uh, Vanek is going to town on those towns and yep. uh, burning in the villagers. Well, and then about a month afterwards, the realm gate opens again. Tell me more about that. Uh, so the Marauder horsemen are kind of ranging around wide and far, and they are able to see that the realm gate has opened again. So then Vanek's like... All right, well, I beat Scorin here, but that has to be Scorin. So now he's got a second player on the field who's trying to do the same thing that he's doing. Player two has entered the game. Exactly. He put his 25 cents in, like hit the button, we're all good to go. Sure. Uh, and so... Down forward AB. <laughs> so they... He feels like he needs to address this issue. <laughs> Right, like that's we putting got, it simply. We got Albemarle <laughs> over here, but like we got Scorin over here, and like I, I hate Scorin. Like Albemarle is just like the guy I gotta kill. Like Scorin, like he's a total jerk, and I gotta go deal with him. Sure, and so they do. So we, they make their way back towards the gate to try and meet him. Um, there, the outriders are constantly. Each force has their own, like, sort of light cav, uh, yeah. sort of poking at each other, trying to figure out, you know, where their defenses are. And this feels, uh, so my understanding, and maybe I got this from the blurb at the end of the book, I think Robbie McNiven has a history background. And this is yes. the first part where it's Military to, history specifically. Right, exactly. Right. Jumped out at me where he's talking about they're screening the position and the how much for, like, the, the size and disposition and movements of their main force by using these light cavalry out so you can't you're like okay i know i know that the other force is somewhere in that direction but i can't get anyone through and back safely with a message to get a really good count yeah um i i really enjoyed this 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 being in there it's that sort of thing that gives me something to connect to something to hold you know like when it's when it's all the highest of high fantasy sometimes you have a hard or i have sometimes i have a hard time connecting to it and so here you're having it grounded in some historical stuff i was like okay like now i'm buying this okay right on and whenever you bring real and real life into a story uh you lose me completely and i have to wait for a lightning bolt to strike somebody before i get you know re-engaged um so uh I guess to, to that point, um, yes, they're they're trying to feel each other out. They're trying to get a sense of you know their forces and their you know plans uh, and directions and so on and so forth. Um, but eventually, luck would have it that uh, night falls and Vanek's uh, 
uh, horsemen or you know scouts are able to identify that hey scorn's just over that that hill um and is unaware that we're this close yeah exactly yeah. and on the other side of this forest and, and there's an opening here that we make it maybe could take and fall on them unaware basically yeah. um but now vanik is faced with the choice right because that could be at face value the, the truth like and, and scorn has no idea that they're coming or this could all be a trap and and scorn could be just waiting and luring them into you know charging headlong in the dead of night through a wood to um you know you know face their doom and so vanek has to weigh his options but uh, i know we talked about how you know you have to be wily and smart uh when to be a chaos you know warlord in this particular instance vanek uh cedes to his you know i don't want to say bloodthirsty side but you know his, his his glory side and says you know what? we're gonna do it let's go for it yeah um which I mean, I may I'm never get a chance like this again. Yeah, exactly. Sure. He weighs yeah. his options. He thinks about it. Right, exactly. Mm. And so he does. Uh, so he... Well, you know, oh, go ahead. Well, I think uh, Robbie McNamon does a good job in this part of kind of capturing Vanek's uncertainty. Like, e- even though he's he's driven on this quest and he was like, here's the things. Okay, I got to do this. As he's going through... He's like, okay, like I've I've threatened everyone, like the first person to make a sound, you know, I'm gonna have his guts out or whatever. Uh, but even having said that, man, it just sounds like we're beating a drum coming through here. Just and you can think of that, like when you're trying to be quiet, any kind of sound you make sounds really, really loud. And, yeah. Uh, and so Vanek is feeling this anxiety and and nervousness and tension over it, and it, like I felt that conveyed to me as a reader. I thought it was I thought it was a well written piece. True. And uh, and to be honest, we were getting late enough in the book where I'm like, well, maybe you know this might not play out well for him. Like sure. this might be where things start to go south. So. I, I felt like there was some good tension in this moment and a number of the moments, you know, going coming on from this book. Well, and whenever a book like references, like, oh, I don't know, it could be a trap. Like, I don't know, nine times out of ten, it's a trap. Um, yeah, so yeah I, sure, I sure, totally. Yeah. That yeah. It, spoiler, it wasn't, it wasn't a trap. Um, but also, I like that you highlight the fact that um, despite his power and, you know, his effectiveness on the battlefield, that, like, you, you are peppered with this fallibility with Vanek that, A, he's not always right. A, he's not always sure of his actions. I just said A twice. Um, and uh, he does have uncertainty, and, he, and he's wrong sometimes, too, which uh, I think is almost necessary for this character. If that weren't the case, the book would definitely, uh, I think, fall flat quite a bit. So um, yeah. that, uh, I think that helps flesh this character out. For sure. Uh, but they ride through and lay waste to scorn's camp right yeah yeah um, and even absorb some of them so they take casualties but they uh when they get in there they absorb some of the the tribes like uh, have them switch their oaths to his own not to the point where he's like i can 100 percent trust all these guys mm-hmm. but he's like yeah i mean well, he probably doesn't 100 percent trust all of his guys sure. in the first place <laughs> yeah. so like yeah. uh, he's he, i'm sure that's not uncommon in this in this world or in this realm um, um but unfortunately he does not catch scored yeah nowhere to be found in fact like they even make it a point that he like drives through the equivalent of scorn's eight guard they've got a name but i forget what it is yeah. um but despite that like scorn is 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 you know again can't can't be found anywhere uh and vanik's like cool um i guess i'll just keep going like i don't know that i would have been <laughs> as cool with it as he was but he's like I, I got a job to do and i'm not going to spend all my time trying to hunt him down yeah um uh at the end they talk about uh uh, where he's he's trying to, um, his sister the uh the dark oath queen she was getting ready to uh, make a pyre for the war party's dead. Um, but he's he's like we gotta we gotta keep moving. Um, and uh, there's this 
there's this take from the chaos perspective of when you're fighting, um, and they're not even in Shyish, right? But if the bodies are not burned, the spirit and the flesh may both wander. The great necromancer servants could defile them. So like there's there's a different kind of like burial rites, respect for dead sure. sort of here. Well, I mean, yeah, and it's almost yeah. not even a respect for dead. Sure. It's respect for the living and that we don't want to yeah. get stabbed by rusty blades, right? <laughs> so it, like it's a practical consideration, yeah. right? Which he didn't need to do that. Like that's that's a, such a, like he what two sentences or something like that, and it's and it flavors uh, like the world in which they live right then and there. So that was I think delightful. Yeah. Um, and he's back. He's back on his grind uh, yeah. to come after. But he says we're marching for we're marching for the third eye. We're heading we're heading back. Oh yeah, sure. I guess you're right. And they're like, what? Like after all this, we're gonna go back to the eight points. We could do what? Yeah. Uh, And he's like, just trust me. Um, which you never want to hear anyone say ever. (laughs) Uh, end of the second act. Let's hop into third. Um, okay, so uh, they are heading back to the the third eye, um, and the forces of order. All um. catches wind of this and it's at this point i think everyone's fed up one of the reasons that they actually haven't marched out yet is ba- basically some of it was indecision but also is because marius was like oh hold up like i i can i mean let's get some reinforcements here like you guys don't need to die for nothing i've got all sorts of people who can die and then turn into lightning and come back um let me just give them a shout let me get them on the horn uh, and we'll bring them down and so this whole time they've been sort of waiting for hopefully um forces the stormcast to come and you know reinforce them or even you know come come to save the day um days pass months pass weeks pass um and marius has got no sign that sigmar is sending anybody they even reference the fact that like i I know there's a lot of wars out there but you don't think you could spare like some folks to help us out Mm -hmm. apparently not um and so once this becomes clear um i think marius sort of acquiesces and says all right well they ain't coming um yeah, and it's it, he just hasn't gotten an answer. Yeah. Like, and it's not even so, a no, right? Yeah, he sent his message out, chiseled upon an arc of lightning, which I loved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. Uh, and then since then, nothing, and he's just waiting, yeah. looking up at the stars. So I think everyone's fed up with waiting, and yeah. then they catch wind that the forces are retreating, or not, maybe quote unquote retreating, um, and they're like, all right, well, let's let's ride out and meet them at the at this point. Right, because it's like, are we gonna let these guys go? Like, they're they're gonna lay waste to all these villages, all these innocent people around here, and they're just going to get to go away yeah, I mean, and not they gotta, pay any price they got to pay the price exactly yeah. what I was going to say um, so they, they do they head out and, and try and chase them down um, so they do so let's fast forward fast forward eventually they, they do catch up with them um, uh, but, on uh, their way to the gates yeah but he circled back a bit and he's set up exactly where he wants to be. So he's on the ridge of a hill, and they're basically approaching from the south or whatever. Sure. But it lends its point to the fact that, like, it seems that Vanek is up to something. He's able to pick his spot. He's able to choose where he wants to be. Yeah. And uh, it, it seems like, hey, like, he's able to draw this Castellan out who originally had no reason to ever leave his, his walls. He's now out on the on the field of battle. Um which is exactly where Vanek wants them. Um, and so they face each other down, like the, the army lines are, you know, the, the classic movie uh, where they're, you know, they can see each other, they're staring at each other's eyes. And Vanek solo rides his way uh, across the battlefield to uh, to meet up with, wh- you know, whoever will, probably it's not the word, but... Mano Azatso. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> to show up and chat with them across the way. Um, so the... Parlay. Is it a parlay? Okay. Um so they, they, they march out out there to meet him, and he says, basically, hey, look, uh, this doesn't need to happen. Like, I've already destroyed. Like, I'm, I'm killing people left and right. I, yep. I mean, I love it, but I'll tell you what. I'll give you a chance to, to end it if we just won one-on-one right now. Yeah. Which, oh, man, I hope every book from here on out has a, has a one-on-one <laughs> offer. Uh, one v. One. Um, 
but for whatever reason, and I'm sensing a trend here, uh, Albermarle Albermarle uh, uh, says no, sir, or like, or he's convinced or coerced to not do it. Um, and Vanek is like, all right, cool, that's fine, because I was looking forward to killing all you fools anyway. So like, <laughs> peace. Yeah. Uh, and he turns back around and heads back to his uh, right. to his line, um, and and so they they separate, mm-hmm. uh, prepared to you know fight a full on full fledged battle with their armies. Um, weird. I don't know. I don't, you would have thought, like, I understand they know his, his motives. Again, I don't know why they know his motives, but you would have thought that, like, courage or, like, valor would have prevailed and, like, the general still would have, like, tried to fight him, but I don't... Yeah, I mean, I think he's getting invited, like, we've got all these cannons, we've got all this firepower, we've got a full mustered army yeah, that you've true. not been trying to fight for a long time, so... You know, I think we've got you outmatched. I yeah, think. and well, I guess that's maybe to Vanix, like, he's maybe done that intentionally. He's he's made him seem, he's made his army seem a little more skittish than it actually is, and so I, I can see that. The other thing, there's a really good quote in there where he talks about how the free peoples fight their war like a business, mm-hmm. whereas chaos fights it out of joy. For a yeah, reason for being. A yeah. reason for being, right. Like, so, um, and that very much comes across in the way he's talking about the way that the free people fight. Uh, because they're like, well, we're doing this thing. Then we're going to do this thing. Like, it, it's almost like they're doing a checklist of everything to make sure everything is okay and everything is fine. And they start firing off the war machines. They're like, oh, okay. You know, chaos guy's like, uh, some people died. Whatever. Or That's sometimes fine. they didn't even die because they were just like yeah. sizing up like the distances and stuff. Yeah. But then uh, he talks with the Dark Oath War Queen and is like, all right, now I have a plan. I ain't telling you what the plan is, but this is the start of my plan. Like, don't burn these people that have died. Like, let's start making these pyres farther on down the hill. Let's, you know, like, so he just, he has this in- incremental plan of what's going to happen. And he's, he's drip feeding it to, to his followers. He's like, all right, make these, make these bonfires. And they're like, all right, cool, we'll make these bonfires. And he's like, all right, sweet. Step two, let's get out of here. Wait, and hold up? Like, what? That didn't make any sense. And so, uh... And that's what they do. Right? <coughs> As the the forces of order are are um, sizing up their distances with their cannon shots, uh, Vanek pulls his forces back, and they they crest the hill um, behind them, and they they sort of vanish out of sight after lighting these bonfires that I just brought up. Um, these bonfires are particularly smoky, full of grass, um, and the. Uh, the order forces are confused. Like they literally just walked away. I don't even think they ran. I think they just waltzed backwards mm-hmm. um, uh, out of sight, and uh, not knowing what to make of this. This uh, what we know later is a feint. Um, they they send their cavalry out out after them. They say, all right, well, like we gotta catch them before they they get too far away. And they send their knightly orders. Um, well, this isn't a particularly like horse-driven society, but they yeah. do have some knights uh, led by, um, I don't know, a, a particularly powerful lord um, of, of well, the fortress. an interesting story because Albemarle is like, all right, well, this this kid's really annoying me. I'm going to send him to his dad. Oh, the kid. Right? Because his dad will at least be able to have some control over him. So the kid is one of the knightly orders. Mm-hmm. Roddick. Yep. And so he's sent to his father and the unit of um, these knights and he just gets like all uppity and is like dude i want to fight i want to be a hero like my grandfather was before me basically and he just starts taking off and his dad is like what no this is not what we're doing but then just chases him because you know his son just charged off into the middle of the battlefield so when they enter into the smoke 
all of a sudden they start getting shot by these black fletched arrows. And, um, and I thought for, so uh, on the way in, so Roddick kind of in, inspires it, like, let's go get him before they get away. So uh, breaks discipline and brings a bunch of the knights forward, like you say, towards the smoke. And this, and I don't know if it's, again, the military history or whatever, but like this, this is one of the things that set, <laughs> set this battle up to be pretty affecting for me was that Roddick on his way in, he starts going in like his visor slaps down unexpectedly and then he can't really see and then uh, he gets, you know, kind of jerks to the side. All of a sudden he, you know, flinches and then pulls his horse aside and that's starting to disrupt the charge and uh, things are waving around. All of a sudden arrows are coming in, but he doesn't realize it right away. Like he's just hearing like the whistle and thump and he lifts his visor to see what's going on. And one of his guys is like, get that down. He's like, what? why? And then all of a sudden realizes, oh, like this sound is arrows coming in, like hitting horses and armor. And, and he glances up and there's like an arrow just hanging out of their banner. And it's like this weird, surreal moment. And like all this in these, I don't know, like it was such a, it was such a very human moment, like in these really high intensity uh, things, it, the individual isn't seeing the grand scope of things and sure. it's, it's all these little nagging things that all of a sudden like oh no like you know my boots untied like i gotta get my boot tied or you know like it, all these little distractions or or you know my helmet got it's knocked off or knocked askew and all of a sudden that's like just this huge part and i, I thought he did such a good job of setting this up that all of a sudden i was like okay like i'm i'm invested in this and I, like i believe that there there are people in this fight sure yeah, yeah. yeah. which it's such a departure from like the rest of the book which i think maybe we'll talk when it comes to like more thematic conversations but like yeah it, it seems like a, a real uh sh- shift or change in the, the the description of what's going on and we've obviously literally changed perspectives because we're following mm-hmm. this erotic character who we have not met th- through this entire book he's brand new from like at this point yeah um and to like bring us that perspective that we wouldn't get otherwise. Like I think it was almost necessary. If you would have stuck from Vanek's perspective, you would have lost quite a bit of what like was actually occurring, you know, on yeah. the battlefield. Um, so they, as we've mentioned, um, the the knightly order is, is charging up this hill. They're charging through the smoke and they're getting peppered by um, arrows. Uh, they're getting and because of this, like they're they're losing some folks. Even these heavily armored armored knights mm-hmm. are still getting taken down here and there because there's they're already not a big retinue of, of knights in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, they get whittled down enough and slowed down enough because the horses are trying to crest this hill. Right. You know they're getting. You know, they're going up a hill. Their their formations getting messed up from the smoke. Like yeah. all, all the all the uh, momentum of their charge is being spent. Yeah. And this is again, it's a big deal in, in historic military history like sure. this this is a big deal and it, it, it's often something that's not it's just kind of like glossed over or not even mentioned in, in black library uh, fiction well so. I mean think think the classic uh, I guess there's failed charges in AOS but I think the failed charge in Warhammer Fantasy right where you go a little bit but you don't go the whole mm-hmm. way that's basically sure. what this is and you set yeah. yourself up to just get picked off by arrows and then get countercharged which is basically what happens yeah. um, we don't get to see it explicitly but the, the forces on the other side of the hill the cast forces then you know basically dismantle the, the cast knights but right. this is now out of view of the rest of the arm the order army which is back down a ways um, blinded by the smoke and they can't see without the line of sights over, over this particular hill mm-hmm. so boom like first first you know action of the of the fight the uh the order knights have been basically eliminated wiped out yep yep meanwhile back like on the other side of the smoke what in the name of the god king is happening albermarle snapped 
Like they're yeah, no, like, no sense. That's really we got sense. we got a significant part of our force up there. Like something's happening, right? Sure, exactly. Um, and so they need to move forward to 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 find out what's going on. And so they they try to like line up and and get their forces mobile again after they you know all all set up on their side of the the battlefield. Um, and as they progress forward, is when um, the chaos forces uh, r- reveal another aspect of their plan, right? So what Vanek does again out of sight on this other side of this hill um is it lets loose uh the uh the prisoners uh that they have been gathering this whole time you know from all the different mm-hmm. villages and what they've even gathered in this area and send them running and rushing over this hill uh talk about like terrifying from all i guess all yeah. parties involved right that from the prisoner perspective you're you're cresting a hill and facing down the barrel literally of of your own forces who have no you know are already pretty uh trigger Itchy, itchy trigger fingers and ready to fire on anything that cr- crests over um, and they have to run through uh, their you know their 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 own soldiers to try and like escape and so I'm sure they're getting cut down like accidentally because who knows what's going on with the confusion of the smoke and all the arrows and stuff like that and behind their the prisoners then comes the forces of chaos again yeah. and basically they're, they're now moving in force all the the you know uh, the, the infantry are you know running down the hills the 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 bloodbound are rushing into the the lines of um of the order which folks. are now disrupted from letting prisoners maybe through yeah, or exactly. no, yeah. they're not as orderly yeah. as they, they should have been or could have been um and uh now that the fight is is like basically engaged um uh the cavalry which is to say both the light cab but then more importantly the eight guard then do a flanking movement and are able to crash into the the enemy lines as well and it's it's this whole this whole battle and so we get a few different perspectives um both from the uh, chaos side and the order side we um, should say the order side is a mixed unit of humans and dwarves and dwarven, right? yeah, yeah which is also pretty yeah. cool um but it doesn't seem to matter in fact there doesn't seem to be much a dis- distinction they die the same yeah um, yep. there's uh again like he jumps into these, you know, these different perspectives, different notes. There was one moment where uh, there's this, uh, I can't remember if he's a sergeant or a captain, but he's in, he's on the on the left flank, and uh, they're about, they're, the eight guarder is bearing down on him, just like smashing, smashing through him, and he, he has this moment of like, we, there's no way we can hold on this, and he reaches over, grabs the guy, says, run to Hofbad, and he's talking about another regiment, tell them they're about to get their left flank turned, tell them they should retreat if they still can go. And so this like moment of like, Oh my God! Like I can't save us. Maybe I can save someone else. Like it was a pretty intense moment yeah. for me, you know. And it again, I mean, I keep harping on the same thing. It felt like it had some historical context. Of, okay. You know, like of of you know, like whoa, like I got it. I as as the leader of this unit, I got to see the bigger picture, and it, it might be just saving somebody else. Like we're we're too far gone. Or sure. Something yeah. Like that, so. And it was again another great example of using <laughs> another perspective that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise to yeah. illustrate what was going down on the ground if we would have looked at it from the chaos side we wouldn't have got, i don't think gotten that perspective yeah. or like the the direness of the situation um well and it also i guess sort of inspires the or not inspires uh references or alludes to the fact of like how terrifying it must be to yeah. have these chaos oh, forces yeah. bearing yep. down on you yeah um i guess maybe you some you get that from a lot of the other books because we we do get a lot of order perspectives but well yeah maybe we lost a little bit of reading this whole like chaos based book i needed to get a taste of what it was again from the order side to see sure what- and i think so often we'll see order fighting uh fighting chaos and it's it's a stormcast and they're, they're like oh like you know they're they're matching them actually and it's usually like each liberator is crushing three chaos warriors or yeah, something yeah. like that and this is this is you know a different this is like oh my gosh we are overmatched sure. sort of situation and again i think 
the author's done such a good job of setting it up with this, these like human frailties and elements of, of like, you know, my, my helmet made it hard to see like smoke, like all, all these things. It just, it made, and I guess the other thing is I often, you almost feel like when you're reading from primarily from an order perspective as, as the protagonist of the book, you know, it feels like almost sometimes a foregone conclusion that order is going to win. And here, here I actually didn't know, right? Like yeah. I, yeah. I did not know how this is going to go. Um, and you know, it, is it going to end up with, you know, with, uh, Vanek failing? Probably not, but maybe like, sure. I don't, I don't anyway. So it felt like a lot was in the balance and, and that added to the tension is like, I just found this, I found this battle really, really intense, really, um, harrowing almost mm-hmm. like just with that and and it's like you said whatever whatever he's done to set this up it you can feel how terrifying it is to have this you know it feels like like an artillery barrage coming down on you or something like just yeah. like marching towards you like ah, there's no way i'm gonna live through this, this is crazy you yeah. know so yeah, I yeah. Know. which i think then it almost makes the character of vanik like all that more impressive or like i guess scary right is that yeah and i wouldn't have been as scared or as impressed had i not been able to see it from the other side well sure and uh, this is one of the things i like about him is or like about him i don't know one of the things that makes him interesting to me as uh anti-hero villain whatever you want to call him for this is that he's he's having these successes not because like oh i've got a cool sword right mm, uh yeah. he's he's like genuinely does have a cool sword though he does yes but he's he's genuinely clever like he he's he's outmatched his opponents uh through a huge variety of skills like you know whether it's strength of arms or or uh, you know falling like taking out scorn's camp and out taking out these guys like setting it up a favorable battleground and drawing him into like it he is he's more than just someone who's good at fighting one on one. Sure. Yeah. Which I think then proves that like you have to be. Like these yeah. are, these are necessary skills for a vanguard sure. and it, it highlights the fact that this is the caliber of person that like isn't even a vanguard or yeah. vanguard yet, right? Yeah. Like, he, he's an aspirant and he's still not there and look how like effective he is on the battlefield. So that's that's super neat. Um let's jump ahead a little bit. So as uh, he's able to like I hone in on Alvaral Morrow. Um uh, he he is attacked. I think he's slammed or whatever out of nowhere. Um, and and let's be reminded by this sort of loose thread that wasn't tied up before. But Scorn is here on the battlefield. Right. He was disguising himself as a nobody or whatever. Yeah. Like cool, cool ploy, dude. Smooth move. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's he's got um, Vanek on the battlefield, and they're able to. Or here they're gonna they're gonna fight basically. Yeah. Um, which. How are, you, how are you not prepared for this? Like, do you have not a contingency <laughs> plan for when Scorn shows up? Um, but they, uh, they're they fighting whilst the battle is raging around them. Um, clashing swords uh, going toe-to-toe. Um, turns out Scorn reveals his plan. I, mm-hmm. I, we didn't even really allude to the fact that, like, something was off with Scorn this whole time. I guess we talked about how, like, he, it was surprising that he was trying to kill Vanek in the duel. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it turns out that, like... Scorn and his patron and even his very sword were not out to like fulfill their promises or fulfill their like quests, but rather they have their ulterior motives this mm-hmm. whole time. And that, and someone explained this to me. I don't know if I get this right, but they wanted to use Alvaral uh, to uh, to turn him into a demon or meld with the demon so, or free the demon. What was the going on there? So Zubaz gave the sword to Scorn. Okay. Scorin didn't go get the sword. Okay, step one, yeah. Zubaz gave it to him. Awesome sword. Zubaz gave it to Scorin to try and manipulate it so that Scorin could come and face Albermarl. Okay. Right? I think it's pronounced Albermarl. Albermarl. 
And the reason why he wants to go take Albemarle is because he has this like special stuff, right? Which could make him a Stormcast. Mm. But he wants to get him with a sword so the demon can go into him. And then Albemarle can become this like basically epic demon prince of chaos. It's. I think it's. Yeah, it might even be specifically releasing this demon that's in the sword. I don't into know why. Into yeah. his body. Yeah. Gotcha. And in doing so, then like he's then going to be able to summon a bunch of other demons. And this we sort of talked about it before in terms of like using demons like subserviently or you know as equals. It sounds like this plan is to like let loose the demons so that they could like serve them or like be followers of the demons yeah. or something. Right. Like, yeah. It's know. it's a it's a it's a play by demon kind for supremacy over the yeah. Varen Spire. Like, gotcha. he's trying to trying to humble Archaon and the Varen Spire, tear it down and be like, hey, yeah. look, the real power is, is demon kind. Okay. Well, yeah. and the other thing is that um, the summoner saw both prophecies, but what he didn't realize is that Scorin turning Albemarle into a demon prince was the thing that was going to topple the Varen oh, Spire. That, okay. It yeah, was not... He, he interpreted it as he'd come back as a Stormcast and, yep. and wreck it. But, but it no, was, it was... Scorn was going to turn him into a Demon Prince. Okay. And there was a little statement about as great as he might have been as a servant of the Lightning God, he will be even better as a servant of the True Gods. I see. I, I read that part like late at night and so like I woke up the next morning and I'm like I don't I don't have time to go back and read it again <laughs> so something something demon prince something yeah. something sword okay gotcha yeah. so Scorin's been betraying everybody from the very beginning I see I see well he deserves to die which he does um, which so he does. eventually Scorin like because Vanek's been fighting this whole time like right? yeah. he's, he's pretty worn out um, so Scorin does get the upper hand on him eventually but um, well he glossed over this minor point but like at one point Zatso like had taken a bunch of arrows and like gunshots and stuff so it it seemed like she, she was left yeah, for yeah, dead she, yeah. yeah um but uh, at the last moment when Vanek seems to like there was even a little tender goodbye yeah like, exactly uh, yeah. um she served served him well um yeah. Uh, seems like Vanek's gonna, you know, take it to the take it the face from Scorn. Uh, Zatso comes out of nowhere and, and bites uh, Scorn's like upper to- torso off. Yeah, and she devours him. So awesome, cool. <laughs> Which is that, done that'll do, and done. That'll do Zatso. That'll do. Which is also kind of a cool foreshadowing from the the Joust, where the Zinch Knight turned into a beaked thing and consumed the Nurgle Knight, but it wasn't enough. When the Z, when the beaked thing consumes. Uh, consume score in it is enough okay right like, I'm write that connection kind of... is tenuous but I'll, I'll take it alright <laughs> fair enough um, so uh, one antagonist down check let's let's deal with the second one so then uh, Vanek does uh, advance on uh, and, and they they proceed to fight as well um, Vanek I mean to his credit like he is he, he's been doing work right and he yeah. literally almost got the beat by work. this other guy right yeah. so like he's not in, on his on his best behavior so to speak um, but there's still you know they're, they're a mighty clash of two mighty warriors um, Aurora has his has a sweet <laughs> lightning uh, hammer and his armor is also pretty like, <coughs> pretty blessed, and so they're both pretty decked out, and they're they're just uh, trading blows, uh, yeah. whacking at each other, um, and then th- there seems to be no real progress one one way or the other. Um, I think at one point Marius Marius steps in to s- try and save. Or, or I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop saying that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, between the two of them, I can't, I can't remember if they like both are going like going to town on Vanek. They're trying, yeah. He he also again, yet again, uh, seems to be you know um, 
falling uh, yeah. to, to their blows. And this whole time, like, storm clouds are gathering. Like, sure. it's getting more and more looking like a storm is going to break. You're like, oh, man. I mean, we all yeah. thought, yeah. like, yeah. not what happened, but, like, we all, I, I mean, I expected the storm yeah. cast to roll up, right? Sure. Like, how's uh, this going to be uh, a non-Stormcast book? Um, but uh, when it seems like Vanek is yet again beaten um, from another adversary, uh, lightning strikes. Is it him first? Is that the first lightning strike? Like a purple lightning strike? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He gets he gets struck um, and is somehow impart, empowered. But like furthermore, uh, thunder off in the distance turns out to not be thunder at all, but rather the hooves of a Varengard force who come rolling up over the hill and just crashing into what I'll say is the order forces, but really it's any, any of the forces that are there. <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't seem to be discriminate all too much. Um, but it's again, the seventh, but then also the fifth, uh, under what's her face. Demon Slayer. Um, Garrix. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, and they, they, they smash into the, the, the enemy and ally lines, um, essentially ending the fight right then and there. Um, in doing so, they uh, also disrupt uh, Marius and Aromal, um, such that, uh, I mean, they're, they're basically defeated as, as well, and it allows Vanek to um, get the killing blow on uh, his prey there. I didn't say his name. Um, Target. Yeah, so it, it, I don't know if we classify this quite as a deus ex machina, but it's basically, I don't know where, they're, they're yet again saved by the, the, the Varengard. Um, not much more to say to the fight than, like, they, they summarily clean up uh, the forces of order. Um, the seventh start eating people again, as they're they're prone to do, because yep. seven, eight, nine... Um, and that, that's about it. So, uh, Carrick's uh, Demon Flayer, uh, Slayer rolls up to Vanek, says, hey, man, you you, you did good. Um, this was too important. Like, we needed to send some Varengard to, like, clean this up. But, like, that's not a statement on you. I yeah. think we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna give you Varengard privileges. They were yeah. privileges. specifically coming because they were like, oh, we need to counteract. They, they weren't sure if they needed to arrive to counteract this demon plot against the Varengard. Like, that was the reason yeah. they were there, not sure. to, like, do his job for him. Yeah, exactly. She did kill him. He, and then, even then, there, there's this moment of, like, as he cuts down Albemarle, like, is he gonna, like, he, he uh, says, like, uh, is he gonna dissolve uh, into lightning? Uh, no, he didn't. Did. All right, cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, high fives all around. Yeah. Um, Which, it's, you know, it's interesting. So, uh, Marius asks for help, doesn't get help. Mm. Uh, and this Castellan does not, uh, does not get reforged and there's some implication that it's some of it's because that well, i don't know it, it, it's possible it's because he stayed behind his walls while all these innocent people were getting slaughtered they, they yeah. that earlier in the book yeah. that like man you were being a like well that's what uh Vanek was like taunting him and saying like yeah of course you didn't get reforged you you wuss like what do you what, yeah he doesn't want that um so everything comes with Vanek basically yeah uh it sounds like i'm joking but no that's actually true um yeah. He, he, he gets the Varengard title. Um, he's got some sort of purple lightning power he's got now. Purple that's lightning a, power, yeah. That uh, even his patron is like, I'm not sure what that sure, is. That's this weird. is a new thing. Ooh, toasty. And even he gets to say it as a, like, uh, a final thing when uh, Marius is like, I'm going to come back for you. When I'm reforged, I'm coming back for you. And he's like, lightning's with me now. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, ooh. That's true. Because um, Marius lives to see his... his like the the person he's trying to defend, he lives to see him die, yeah. and then he gets to beheaded, um, and he d- does get reforged. Um, I guess thank goodness he didn't get his soul soul stored, stole. Um, soul stole. And that is about 
I don't see about it. I mean, he's told, Vanek is told that, like, hey, look, this isn't quite the end. Like, your next mission, should you choose to accept it, is to, like, go find Archeon out there and, like, get his personal brand. But, like, like you're, you made it. Good job, man. You're very good. Uh, scene. And scene. It, it, gets, it gets dark. Yeah, that's the end of it. The curtain falls. Oh. The end. Uh, cool. Hey, that's the book. I don't. I don't know how else to end. <laughs> we did, Seamless. We did it, guys. We did it. All right, let's do some standard questions and then get the heck out of here. Um. So, what shape are the characters are at the end? I guess we just talked about it, but like Vanek made it. He he accomplished his goals. He is now, uh, Varengard. Um, of the fifth circle. Of the fifth circle, not the seventh circle. A scourge um, of fate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a scourge of fate, which is fun because each circle presumably has its own. Yeah. Like title. And I think that that actually is they lay them all out in Battle Tome Ever Chosen. Oh yeah. Go back to our mm, fourth episode. I don't know. Sure. I, worry back there. Wait a second. Is Aaron on it? Then I'm not mm. interested. <laughs> oh. uh, they do. Good. They do lay out all all eight of the uh, circles and game names. Don't I didn't have it. Go. I don't have it. Um, cool. Uh, so he does have that mission to seek out Archeon to get like I don't know a special brand or something. So like that could be a sequel, um, especially because I want to know what happens to. Uh, Modred who is your guy my guy let's talk about whose character is your MVP uh, since we just referenced it I'll, I'll jump right into it Modred's my favorite because like that guy has seen some S words <laughs> like, he's gone through hell <laughs> and back S-words. just as a guy like just as a dude he doesn't seem to have any like fighting capability he has no yeah. special powers or you know weapons or armor or anything he's just strapping down his, his knight he's taking care of this demon steed who definitely wants to eat him um and he's just taking it in stride. Like, what's his goal? Like, what's his? What is he hoping to achieve out of life? Like, I guess just not die. But like, I mean, I presumably at some point he gets promoted or something. But I, I want to read that book. I want yeah. to read that dude's book. Yeah. Right. Like, just to see what a, a, a regular person's perspective is on the world of chaos. That and I, I we talked about this beforehand, but like that was giving me my, my guy too. Uh, my only hesitation was it was maybe too much like my last guy who's oh yeah awesome, who was like. Just, just a normal dude Along taking it ride. in stride, yeah. and that's same, same as this guy. Like, what? How are you? You've seen right. some, some stuff. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's particularly great. I think every once in a while he had like a dry line or something. Like he's, he can be kind of droll. Um, yeah. So I feel like there's more to say about him, but I don't, it's just, it's just he's, he's a nobody in a world of somebody's, which is, I think, is, is really, really neat. Um, hey, Paul, who is, who is your guy? Uh, I liked Vanek. Who did you know? He was really cool. Ooh, Tell yeah. me about him. Um, I just like that he was a normal person, like for all of his powers, for all of his, like his no, mission, etc. Modred is a normal person. I think you and I have different definitions. Of <laughs> well, but that's actually one of the the themes of the book is that he stopped being a normal person the farther he progresses down the path of chaos. Okay. At one point, he's like, "I haven't slept in like I don't even know when." Apparently, I don't need to sleep. And then he's like, "I haven't eaten in ten days." Apparently, this is a thing I don't need to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he becomes this single-handed vessel of determination, right? And it's not what we usually see out of chaos. We don't see a determination out of chaos. We see a slaughter or a change or, you know. Sure. So, it's cool. All right, right on. I like that, Vanek. Hey, Davey, who, since I forced you off of Mojo, do you have a different dude? Yeah. Or uh, dudette? Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Hillfinger. He's the sergeant I talked about who sent... And yeah. he's also stand in for because for for me, uh, that was the most affecting part of the book. And like a lot of times when I read these books, I'm like, you know, I enjoy learning some things about uh, the mortal realms or the Age of Sigmar. But I'm not. I don't often feel like like 
that much emotional impact. Mm. You, it's usually fast. And this, like that, that battle because of how it was set up and because of characters like that, Hillfinger, um, I, I was really, I felt pretty affected by that, by that battle in a way that is pretty rare for me for black library. So, sure. um, picking out just because, uh, even in that small bit, those, those guys were written believably, relatably, and they really conveyed the the book to me. Okay, so. that's very cool. Um, just um, you'd mentioned the fact that Robbie does have a history in like mil- background in like military history or what have you. So I he- I heard him talk about that actually in an interview mm-hmm. on the Realm and Ruin podcast, which I literally just listened like a couple of days ago. So I had just read this and then heard that interview and like that definitely clicked in my mind to like sort of see that connection. Um, so that was me name dropping and, and doing a call out there as well that I just wanted to make <laughs> that connection um, as well. Uh, all right. So what did we learn about the mortal realms that we didn't know before? I uh, get the idea. I mean, I, I think I did not quite register the uh, the eight points as being as big as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was... Maybe it's not big, though. Maybe it's like super tiny, but it just takes forever longer. Across. Sure, could be. It's uh, ever-changing, it sounds Maybe like. Uh, but ba- basically, like, there's there's more to it than I realized. I, I thought it was probably like... I don't know. I guess I just thought of it as like this little intersection. There's a fortress in it. You know, I didn't, I didn't think of it as being almost... A mini realm in its own right. It does mm-hmm. seem like a realm. That's, that, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I like that there's actual chaos waste now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, with the realms being what they are, um, it is a super cool way of giving them a place to just develop mm-hmm. and to have these unaligned tribes that are chaos worshipping that aren't necessarily going to go out and destroy everything, but just like provide an actual where do these guys come from? Where do they get the food, right? Like, these tribes exist in this place. Yeah. I like that, like, in doing so and in creating this sort of place in the lore, it also allows them to do stuff like Warcry and get real creative mm-hmm. in terms of what it means to be a, a chaos follower. Yeah. And because of that, I'm not a, I'm not the, the biggest chaos fan. I wonder if then it hopefully would allow them to do something similar, not with this environment, to do something similar with the other Grand Alliances. Yeah. Again, not that they have to have their own, you know, realm to do something like this in it, but, like, if they can get real creative with the variety of what it means to be a Chaos follower, maybe they can get real creative in terms of what it means to be a, a follower of death or, or what have you. Yeah. Like, um, and I don't need a whole army to do that. Like, just little war bands, like, I presumably what Warcry is going to be mm-hmm. um, to sort of accomplish that same thing. Or, again, I guess read more books like this. Yeah, so I think that was the, the gist of what I learned as well, is that I really focused on um, Varen inspire in the in the all points. Uh, we got a couple questions from other people, uh, and by other people, I mean one other person, <laughs> Alex Nygaard, friend of the show. Uh, does this make the Varen Guard feel like the ultimate chaos baddies that they are? I think it was written to, for them to be. I mean, even without seeing Arcan, who also is probably the ultimate of the ultimate chaos baddies, but like sure. they handily dealt with everything that they faced. I mean, every time they showed up it was game over yeah. for the other side yeah, exactly yeah. Yep. Um, so I think yes yeah uh, how do you feel the Vanguard internal politics work including uh, the hangers on and non-Varengard fan clubs we didn't super talk about that other than that like there's a population of people that lives in the all points but like that was surprising to me that there was they, they mm-hmm. o- often talked about the baggage train and like the women and I think even children that were following even Vanek specifically, like, mm. I would never would have guessed. Like, if you would have asked me, I would have said, no, there's no way that those sorts of people are hanging around. But uh, apparently they do. Like, I, I guess it, thinking about it, a Dark Oath tribe probably does bring, like, the family along. Like, where else yeah. do they go? Like, what, yeah. what else is there for them to do? Um, so, that was interesting to me. <laughs> um, 
how, how do you were you interested in the internal politics of uh yeah i mean you got a you got a glimpse of them. i don't i mean we, it didn't feel like well, i don't say i was saying i was gonna say we didn't feel like we got a ton but I, it was one of the central plot lines of this mm-hmm. was that there was scheming within that um i think they probably feel it as a survival of the fittest sort of thing like sure. it it makes them stronger in the long run from their perspective yeah. is, is having to work against it um and I think uh, I think we learned. I mean, some of the things that we like about the Order of the Fly is that nightly order stuff, and it seemed that that was definitely present in in the uh, in the Varengard. Uh, even um, the the seventh at the end, that uh, Caradoc, mm. he's uh, he's like it's been it's been a long time since the uh, the Bane Sons rode with the Scourge of Fate. Uh, hopefully, this is an omen of, of further victories to come yeah. together. I was like, oh, you guys are friends. Sure, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and spoken in a very nightly way, no less, right? Like, yeah. Um, while he's while he's eating pieces of Albemarle, yeah, <laughs> Albemarle, literally uh, strips of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so it it made them feel made them feel a little more alive. Um, so yeah. Sure. Uh, we answered this next question, but I'll read it just for the sake of completion. He uh, talks about the the new all points descriptions. Is this the new generic chaos waste, which I think we talked? Uh, would do we expect to see much more of this war cry hint hint? I think we talked about that. Uh, did they feel proper proper realm of chaosy while still having that someone could technically live here feel? I think we talked about that too. Yeah. Um, final ballad. Did you guys enjoy the more bird's eye view of the descriptions, aka uh, we can actually understand the tactics used and they largely had real world parallels. I think Davey talked about that. Um, or do you prefer the standard black library style of mosh pits to the death? No, I like this. I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this did a mix of the two. Yeah. yeah um, and so, I, but yeah, like they talk about uh, how listen, I'm, I may have mentioned before this. Uh, there's a war movie podcast I listen to. Um, and they they talk about battle scenes in movies having uh, not having a geography to them, um, sort of you know like a orientation of where things are at. And when you can understand that better, sometimes it's it's crucial. You know, sometimes you purposely want it to be chaotic. I have no idea what's going on. Sure. But what I liked was, yeah, here's here's the big picture of what's going on. Let's zoom into an individual. Like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Like, here's the little piece I know, and it, it yeah. it's really terrifying. And you can say, yeah, it is because you don't have any help coming. Like, mm. this is you know. So, I I thought this is again. I've I've already said it, I thought this is one of the m- most effective battle scenes I've read in Black Library. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with it. Uh, man, this this other guy, Aaron Bowler, had apparently a couple of questions uh, from Dos Asos. Uh, just two things, not questions. One, uh, the fact that they kept calling Corn uh, the Warhound. Um, that was fun. Yeah, there's they kept calling different Chaos Gods by different like I'm gonna say nicknames, but yeah. probably more titles, uh, more likely. Um, just goes to show like whether it's an irreverence for the gods or like a familiarity with the gods or mm-hmm. a different aspect of things <coughs> that different like groups like sort of glob onto. I thought that was really neat. I think some of the other gods had different names that they used to. Um, and the also, in the eye for yeah, Zinch. Yeah, sure. Well, that, yeah, the like the icons of Zinch. And then furthermore, uh, he uses the phrase brain matter a lot, especially when <laughs> it gets splattered on stuff. I counted six times in this book. So that was another tid, a fun tidbit for you. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any other uh, fun informational bits from the book before we get into our final review? Yeah, yeah I think we're pretty well covered. All right. Yep. Well, let's do it. Uh, first come, first serve. What did you guys think of the book? Uh, I liked it, and again, um, it was that final battle kind of clinched it for me. I was enjoying uh, reading it, and then I think right when he got right when they got into Shaman, I was just kind of 
not spinning my wheels, but just cruising with it. But, sure. uh, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, refreshing to be, um, to have a, a black library book have an impact like that. So, um, I thought it was cool and I'll be about four out of five, I think on that. So nice. Yeah. Hey Paul, what do you think? Six out of eight spider legs. I'm going to go with, um, I it was really good. continue to use spider legs. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Um, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, there was a little, too little high fantasy for me, which sounds weird given the way that it was done. But um, this, I, is, I, this is a guy who needed his giant birds to actually be shape-shifting giant exactly, birds in the last right, one. So. Exactly. So yeah. I thought the Silver Knights uh, were awesome new addition. Um, um, but just in general, I, I like the more, like where I sit and have to think about what the description of the land is, especially when they got to like, they're almost shaman. I was like, oh, it's just kind of, it's kind of a normal place. And I was like, well, what about like, yeah. So that's all. Cool. But it's super good. Right on. Um, I liked it as well. Uh, I'll lead with, I'll probably give it w- one thumb up out of the two thumbs that I own personally. Um, Those ones hanging on the wall? Or they, no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Let what me, about that necklace over let, there? Let me spin that one. Yeah. Space it up now. All right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I did like it. Um, I think I talked about who I recommended to before. Um, I'm not super drawn to chaos, so I think that's not a strike against the book, but rather, you know, just like the, the content. So I was never going to be super, super gung-ho about it. Um, I did, l- I guess I did like, we mentioned like the palate cleanser aspect to it and that we do read a lot of order books. So I, I suppose I did like the change of pace from that regard. However, I don't know that Vanek specifically grabbed me. He wasn't yeah. necessarily chock full of character per se, which is fine. Sure. Like, he probably isn't even supposed to, like given what he is and what he does. So he was probably written well for what that type of you know thing was supposed to be mm-hmm. but just because that's true doesn't mean that like i'm i'm still going to be drawn to him mm-hmm. um in fact i i guess i liked the things that sort of happened to him more than i liked him specifically sure. like hell even the sword in some aspects had more character than he did which i don't know maybe that's intentional or not um but sort of along those same lines i did like the fact that um, we spent some time sort of live uh, living in his in his environments and that like in the varen spire or the all points which is very chaotic and you know chaos focused so like that was his um you know his home turf but then we spent a lot of time in very mundane like mm-hmm. non-special like environments and settings when we went to shaman which i guess in a way is sort of a fish out of water setup where like he is this you know chaotic force that is existing in what is ends up being a pretty like normal environment and i thought that was a weird not weird but like a a juxtaposition or like a turning things on your head where like i don't know you're used to your heroes venturing off into these strange environments but in this case we have our anti-hero venturing off into a very normal like mundane environment so i thought it was a, a fun um twist on a on an old favorite um but yeah no i despite all that or because of all that um i, I st- still i'm glad i read it um i think it um, fill the slot in terms of information from the Varen Spire uh, that we didn't know before. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I would read more. If there was a sequel, I'd read, it, I'd read that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm all about it. I think that's about it. <laughs> Wrap it up. Do it. It's time for our reforging. But Sigmar Willing will be back soon. Like, subscribe, share, or leave a review. Anything you can do will spread the word of Sigmar farther than we can on our own. Chat with us anytime about your thoughts on Twitter at The Mortal Realms. Davey, where can they find you? At red underscore Zeke. 
Aaron, where can they find you? What? I'm at Dose Asos. Paul, where can they find you? At PJ Shard. Uh, and Eric's at Stone Monk Gamer. Uh, you can listen to more episodes of the Story Phase, Campaign Phase, Scrying Phase, and What the Hex, as well as hobby content at www.themortalrealms.com. Still reaching for a pun, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. You got one, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I did not. Oh. You got one, Paul? No, I'm, okay. I'm, I was I was thinking about it, and that was well, our time. I mean, in your guys' defense, this is definitely the first time we've ever done this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did I stop writing names? Albert Morrow. I got real tired of writing names down, so. Yeah, you didn't write down the name. Oh, I must have stopped. I thought I did. But I think it's Albert Morrow. I don't think you're saying an actual word right now. Yeah, Albert Morrow. You're, you're skipping all sorts of consonants. Albert Morrow. There we go. Is it with an M? A L B E R M A R L. Are you? Are you reading that somewhere? No. I'm pretty sure that's what his name is. Al- oh, no, there it is. You're you're 100% correct. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Al- Albermarle. 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 Oof. Anyways, uh, I, I don't even know how to splice this because I forget what I was saying. Um. <laughs>